Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I have titled this episode, Priming the Plunge, Fifth Generation Warfare, and COVID Control. That's right. We basically talk about, you know, more riots taking place across the nation, as well as a foreign elements, foreign interests trying to destabilize our nation. Yeah, we talk about China, we talk about Black Lives Matter being funded by China, Uh, we get into other strange things that China's doing, like brainwashing an entire generation, and more. Uh, Also, some of the other strange things surrounding COVID-19. Did you know that in Australia, I could be arrested for existing, yeah, for talking about COVID-19 and more? This is a very, very information-packed episode that you do not want to miss. But first, a few quick updates. If you guys want to support this operation, you can do so by joining our patreon.com forward slash Freedom Faction exclusive member program. We have a meeting coming up this week. And every time you guys join us, you just make us that much stronger with our web app, with our delivery, with our presence, and more. Uh, The minicast that we did earlier this week, Misinformation Multi-Generational Warfare, will be made available you can find the link for that in the description bar below or just read listen to the most recent episode i will also put the link to our june 9th minicast on zebellion there as well because that plays a huge part in everything we're talking about here and more finally the uh, episode we did with nino rodriguez will also be there we're putting out a grade quality content to keep up with everything that's going on uh but With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 1032, season 10, episode 32. I'll come right out and say it. You may notice that there is a noticeable sound quality. There's a noticeable difference. We have been getting some uh, emails of people. Uh, people wanting us to basically turn it up they're saying hey man i can't hear you sounds like you're so far from the mic uh what's up with that and so you know i said i got all this equipment here you know i got i I have a uh, i got a yeti mic what kind of mic is this um this is a exel van exel van mic I've got a, I got another mic uh, boxed up over there that I didn't pull out. I've got a number of mics, uh, but the one that we were using was the most convenient, was the way to say it. 
Um, and so the noticeable sound quality that you're hearing in the background, that little bit of a twinge, it comes with this. Uh, we also got some new mixing equipment, a Drimbo M4. We have to figure out how to work that into things. <laughs> There's a lot of changes happening over here, and it's because you guys want it. Not only because of the exclusive members with the things that we're able to do with the web app, uh, the demand that is there for a community such as ours, but it's there. So, yes, the noticeable sound quality, the difference that you're hearing, it comes from us trying to try out this new mic. You may hear us kind of pan from over here. Whoa, whoa, and it's all to give you guys that, that, that quality sound. And it also plays a huge part in where, we'll, where we will be going to in the future. Uh, we're always using that word simulcast, 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 but uh, we never do. So yeah, uh, noticeable sound quality difference. We are making some adjustments. Please bear with us as we continue to grow with your guys' continued support, prayers, help, the sharing of the episodes, the sharing of the content, uh, the sharing of the guests, and more. So thank you very much for that. Now, I kind of want to address something. Earlier this week, if you guys listened to the Instagram Live, you basically heard uh, one of our followers, one of our guests, Kalinda, give me a therapy session on the show. You know, and I think that's necessary for a number of reasons. Uh, one, for people to see that, that that kind of relationship is there, that transparency is there. Uh, but for people to also understand how, how, how sometimes it truly is the closest people that do mean well that will upset you without knowing it. Um... <laughs> there's a lot of I'll put it to you this way uh, the, I mentioned it earlier this week on the Instagram live as well that we may have to be switching to every other week the same way we do with, with, with our exclusive members uh, to Instagram live until we get this new job settled and into the routine of things and whenever we do a lot of the things that we're going to be doing the money essentially that we're going to be making is going to be funneled into this, which is where new equipment's going to come in, uh, new additions, new features, and stuff like this. And it's just so crazy to think about uh, what we've created over here and how far we've come and how much farther we have to go. You know, I was thinking about this earlier today uh, because I didn't really sleep. I never do these days. I went to sleep listening about these 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 riots in Kentucky. And how we have to talk about Black Lives Matter, China, you know, uh, so many other things. But I, I went to sleep thinking and waking up thinking about, well, the money that I'm going to be making, it's going to be more money than I know what to do with. And I'm not used to having money, as you guys can tell. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to figure out how to make jobs. I'm going to figure out how to make the money work for me. I'm going to figure out how to invest in what we've created here, but at the same time, talk the walk and walk the talk. Be that conscious capitalist. Renaissance over revolution. Creativity over conformity. And so that's kind of, it, it's just kind of crazy to think that that's where we're at now. You know, I can either A, go big, or B, go home. Um, and you guys are seeing me have these thoughts of, of family growth, uh, the, 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 the revolution that's happening out there, uh, the, the, the political spectrum changing, the paradigm shifting so much more. You guys are seeing this, witness to it, 
but you're not immune to it. <laughs> and so, you know, when, when, when I start the show this way, talking about uh, Kalinda giving me like a therapy session on the show, that's you guys seeing live time some of the work that's happening behind the scenes, but only so much that I'm able to give you uh, and what it, what it, and the wear that it takes on me. You know, you got to think, and I was thinking about this earlier today, man. Long-time listeners have heard about uh, members of my family having cancer, me going across the country to uh, bury my aunt, um, participating in protests, uh, per, uh, speaking at conferences, uh, uh, doing investigative uh, operations, <laughs> and now we're talking about children. So long-time, li- my children, long-time listeners, you guys have heard the growth that comes with doing with this type of work. And I think that's why it's so imperative that when we had Charles Casson on talking about a revolutionary lifestyle, that's, that's, that's really important. Justin Harvey of We Are Change uh, put this, 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 this appropriate meme up on his page. I saw it before coming onto the air, and it was of a regular family. <laughs> and it said extremism in 2020. Yeah, having a kid, having a wife, having a family, having a... Having a house, accountability, you know, having stuff that's paid off, that's extreme <laughs> in 2020. And it's just, it's, it's just crazy to, to, again, see the shifting taking place. I was watching footage of the InfoWars reporter, uh, Savannah Hernandez, literally getting mobbed by like a pack of just thugs. Let's call it what it is. A little girl. They're just smashing the crap out of this little girl. And... Um, let's just say some of the communicative spears that I'm in these days, uh, they were sharing information about how Antifa was identifying certain people that I'm familiar with. And so it's just crazy to see the mob getting activated. And I talked, I'll say this and I'll start getting into stuff with you guys. <coughs> I talked about this earlier this week with you guys on Instagram live, trying to come down from my pre-workout and my seven mile run about multi-generational warfare, and I would definitely advise for you guys to go listen to it. It's the Instagram Live that we did. It plays a huge part into this. Right now, they're taking hard-working individuals or people that used to be hard-working uh, who are no longer able to work because of COVID, and they're taking the academics who are no longer able to attend school because of COVID. They're taking the hard-working people and the academics, and they're throwing them out there into the streets, and they're saying, have at it. You jabronis just kill each other, the left and the right. The Boogaloo Boys and the Antifards, the domestic terrorists. That's one generation. And so while Antifa, the Black Lives Matter, Proud Boys, the far right, the Boogaloo Boys, as everybody's out there fighting, engaging in this civil war, guess what? Your children are watching. Your kids are watching. They're seeing little mommy and little, little daddy. Put on their uh, put on put on their their dawn in the baklava and the black clothes and the black flags and the gasoline, and they're saying, "Oh, don't worry, little Susan, it will soon be your turn." And so, while one generation's out there fighting each other amongst the streets, uh, the schools that have been reopened, the ones that don't have remote learning, where you're actually able to send your schools there, you're able to send your schools to get in, your your children to get indoctrinated. So, one generation's out there killing each other, going at them going at each other, having at it like cats and dogs. The other generation, the one that's coming up, guess what? They got them. 
They got them by the balls. They start programming them. They start saying, hey, you can snitch on these people. Hey, this is how you're going to live. Hey, does your mommy and daddy have any firearms? Do they say anything about any particular group of people? You know, if you just help out the system, mommy and daddy wouldn't fight as much. And so while you have one generation going at one another, you have the other generation learning to give up on the previous generation. Where do you think grandma and grandpa are doing during all of this? The ones that are just watching their 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 grand their grandkids and great grandkids lose their mind. Well, they're being dehumanized. They're being COVID. They're being left to rot in the nursing homes. This is the harsh reality of the world that we now live in. This is the world that we really have to understand. So when I tell you guys that your children are watching and that this is multi-generational warfare, these are the types of thoughts that should be entering inside of people's heads. <laughs> Better yet, these are the thoughts that are entering inside of my head. And so, this is the world in 2020. And this is how we're going to start the show. <laughs> So, last week, uh, and like I said before, you know, we're going to be touching on Black Lives Matter, Antifa, domestic terrorism, COVID, China, geopolitics, a lot of strange stuff. Last week, there was a study that came out that said up to 95% of the 2020 riots are linked to Black Lives Matter, but that's not all. There's more information. It talks about it being one of the most costly riots in U.S. history, right? Over $2 billion in damages, making them the most costliest protests in American history. And there were ones all over. I mean, it, it was crazy. There was a viral video that went around of this guy out here in Albuquerque. He, he was over there on Juan Tabot. He takes a machete to a Trump sign. I know where this is, man. One of my favorite gun stores. I hang out with those guys all the time. It's right up there. But the fact that this guy feels emboldened enough to take a machete out with traffic going on to hack a sign down in broad daylight, mind you, shows you where we're at. I'm going to be reading from this article from Signs of the Time. They put this up, I think, uh, September 18th. It says, contrary to corporate media narratives, up to 95% of the summer's riots are linked to Black Lives Matter activism, according to data collected by the Armed Conflict Location and Event Data Project, the ACLED. The data also shows that nearly 6% or more than 1 in 20 of U.S. protests between May 26th and September 5th involved rioting, looting, and similar violence, including 47 fatalities. ACLED is a nonprofit organization that tracks conflict across the globe. It's a U.S. project that, co that collected the summer protest data is supported by the Princeton University. The project spreadsheet co collating tens of thousands of data points documents 12,045 incidents in the, in, of U.S. civil unrest from, wow, that's crazy, from May 26th to September 5th. To September 5th. That's crazy. 12,045 12, incidences of U.S. civil unrest from May to September 5th. From May Day to where we are now. And again, just last week we talked to you guys about the White House siege. You notice how they're keeping that pretty closed. And for the people that are not covering the White House siege, they're going to try and get them activated and agitated about any type of event that takes place. Like what's going on in Kentucky right now. 
We're not talking about Kenosha. We're talking about Kenosha, uh, 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 about Kentucky. Let me get back into this. It says, May 26th is the day after George Floyd's death in police custody with enough fentanyl in his system to have died of an overdose if police had never touched him. We'll be touching on fentanyl later on. It comes from China. It says, over of the 633 incidents coded as riots, 88% are recorded as involving Black Lives Matter activists. Data from 51 incidents lack information about the perpetrator's identity. BLM activists were involved in 95% of the riots for which there is information about the perpetrator's affiliation. Now, this is an important part. The perpetrator's affiliation. Who are these people? And we've talked about them before. These people are not black folk. These, these ain't black folk out here doing this. There are people dressing in blackface, white knight social justice warriors going out there, caring as if they know about the black people's blight. Talk about it. Like, real talk, this is why you guys have not heard me on anybody's show. Anybody, nobody's ever come up to me and been like, hey, EJ, what do you think about Black Lives Matter? Nobody has directly asked me to go on their show to, to ask what I think about as being a black man covering this type of stuff because they know it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of malarkey. It's a bunch of bullcrap. These people do not represent these values. Just last week, we talked about them practicing witchcraft. This week, we will be talking about them being funded by China. Get back into this about these perpetrators affiliation right here. Another thing that popped up last week, courtesy of the signs of the time. They put this up September 17th. It says violent rioters busted in New York reportedly come from privileged backgrounds, yacht clubs, modeling jobs, second homes in Connecticut. I'm about to pick up a basically like a third job to try to finance this operation and start a family. These people out here destroying the country are a part of yacht clubs. I'm like, a, I, like I, I put too much chapstick on during the Instagram lives. These people come from modeling jobs. You guys hear my chickens in the backyard <laughs> of my couple of acres and these guys have second homes. These people are disconnected from reality. Let me read a little bit of this. It says a group of black ladders, ladder rioters recently busted for smashing windows and causing mayhem in Manhattan reportedly come from privileged background clubs that include yacht club, yacht clubs, uh, performances, modeling gigs and second homes in Connecticut. The New York Post reported on Wednesday. It said the would be revolutionaries that had their mugshots tweeted out by the New York City Police Department this week after they were booked for rampaging through the Flatiron District and reportedly causing at least $100,000 in damage. Their activities were part of a protest allegedly put on by groups who were referred to themselves as the, quote, New African Black Panther Party and the, quote, Revolutionary Abolitionist Movement, Yacht Clubs, and Second Homes. Amazingly, Several rioters had no obvious motive for demonstrating against racial injustice, racial injustice and police brutality. The most notable of the bunch is Clara Kreber, 20, the red-headed daughter of a Manhattan architect and an Upper East Side child psychiatrist whose family reportedly owns a $1.8 million apartment in the city and a second home in Connecticut. And then it goes on to give us a breakdown of these people. I'll put the information there. So you guys can go check it out. But 
billions of dollars in damage. Some of the most costliest, the costly, the most costly riots in U.S. history, because they're paid for, because they are being organized by people purposely causing destabilization. They don't care about Black Lives Matter. They don't care about Black Lives. They don't care about the the the, the community. They are out there for an agenda. I saw this video this week of this uh, this brother out there in the streets saying, "Who are you?" Where do you come from? You don't know whose house this is. Get out of here. Get out of here. Now you're trying to come up over here acting like you got some kind of situation. Get out of here. You don't know who you don't you don't you don't know who are you? You don't know this. But see, that's the good thing. Is people are beginning to wake up to this. People are beginning to see that this is not a this is not the revolution that you want to fight for. These people while they say they care about your lives, they're masquerading. You see. Let me play for you guys real quick. I'll pull this clip up for you guys. It was a video that we that we <laughs> put up and just really didn't even come back to. Like uh, we 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 put it up to say to close out, but I think it's archetypal of everything we're trying to basically go over. Um and it's just, it's crazy. It's like something out of a movie. Right here. U-Haul seen distributing shields, potential weapons, to Louisville rioters rented to Holly Zoller of Soros-connected Louisville bail project. And so, maybe maybe because I've been watching a lot of Gotham lately, I started out over, I started over, and I got like episode 22 on the first season, and I just started watching it all over again. And there was a... Uh, in the second season, the first episode, there is an episode where they were just about to burn down this bus full of cheerleaders, and it was just laughter and madness and mayhem and bedlam and chaos, you know. And I and I thought to myself, like, I just put this up. I I, I put up this 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 same type of video. It seemed like almost eerie, because the quality of video on the post, it's. From an iPhone, it's very good quality. You can see like the buildings in the background, the weather, the blades of grass. But as you see these people walking by, you see a parked U-Haul truck dispersing items out of it. And this isn't the only one. There's multiple videos of them throwing out items, weapons, whatever, whatever they have you. Protesting gear. Let's play this and then we'll continue on. Crazy. Yeah, so I guess I guess we're just not going to ask any more questions about uh, where those pile of bricks came from. We now know that these are people organizing to cause chaos. Like the crazy thing is, is I didn't even cover how that how they said that they were preparing for this type of outcome. They knew that none of the officers were going to get charged, so certain buildings were already getting ready to be boarded up. Uh, but let me read a little bit of this, and then we'll continue on with the program, going over Black Lives Matter and more. Uh, we put this up September 23rd. It comes from Signs of the Time. It says that the U-Haul that began distributing riot supplies in Louisville immediately following the announcement that no officers would be charged for Breonna Taylor's death 
was rented to Holly Zoller of the Louisville Bail Initiative. The pre-parked truck was loaded with shields painted with anti-police messages, umbrellas, gas masks, and other riot supplies. Zoller confirmed it was her in a phone call from a concerned citizen who pretended to work for the rental company. If you guys go to the actual website, you can listen to the call. It says that a U-Haul employee leaked the logs, proving that Zoller was the one who rented the truck. At least two of the people were on board. <laughs> and then it just goes on to talk about how the bail project is uh, funded by George Soros. The Gateway Pundit's done an article on it. And <laughs> the, the, the excuse that she had saying why she rented the truck when, when called and asked about the U-Haul by someone who claimed to work for the company, Zoller confirmed that she did indeed rent it to bring supplies. Quote, I just drove a truck and dropped items off. That's all she said. So she's just dropping items off. She's just dropping off items for her buds, guys. And so this is the world that we're in now. This is the new normal. This is why they want you to get used to groups of roaming people wearing masks becoming increasingly violent if they don't get their demands. Again, another quick reference to just watching Gotham. I was watching the Joker inside of like the Gotham City Police Department killing a whole bunch of people. And he was doing like a quick message to the media. And I stopped it right there and I talked with the girlfriend and I said, you know, I'm waiting for the moment that this happens. I'm, I'm waiting for the moment that Antifa, Black Lives Matter, Aunt ISIS, uh, Refuse Fascism, whoever, whoever steps up and sends out like a, a, a borderline terroristic style message saying these are our demands. If you do not release them to us, we're going to start killing people because this is this is not this is not this isn't protesting. These are terroristic activities. We need to call them out for what they are. And the minute that you say, hey, these people are not protesting for the First Amendment, they're pushing it to a radical extreme. They're trying to break the First Amendment. We have to try to save that. When you have that understanding, you can really call them out for what they are. But here, let's get back on track, right? Because we're just talking about Black Lives Matter. We're talking about Antifa. We're talking about this organizational structure. Just last week, we went over Patrice Cullors, one of the co-founders, admitting that she practices witchcraft. We went over it again uh, this week on Instagram Live, practicing techno sorcery, resurrecting people, uh, essentially with what they're doing with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, letting people die, resurrecting their names so you can reuse their image for whatever purpose you have. That's exactly what they're doing with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, but here, let's stay on Black Lives Matter, okay? Last week we talked about them practicing witchcraft. This week we're going to be talking about them having ties to, 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 to communist China. But before we do so, check this out. Black Lives Matter removes goal of disrupting the family structure from the website. And I think that this is them knowing that people are on their tail. You cannot have an organization that claims to be about black lives that is trying to utterly destroy them. You cannot have more black lives if you destroy the family structure. This comes from Zachary Stieber. He put this up September 21st. This is from the Epoch Times. It says the Black Lives Matter Global Network quietly removed one of its stated goals from its website with no explanation. The network, the official group that started the Black Lives Matter movement, is fighting for freedom, liberation, and justice for black people according to its website. But the group has other goals. It says, quote, We make our spaces family-friendly and enable parents to fully participate with their children. We dismantle the patriarchal practice that requires mothers to work double shifts so that they can mother in private even as they participate in public justice work. The network's website used to state on a, quote, what we believe page that was recently removed. Quote, 
We disrupt, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as an extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. The group also said on a now deleted page that it is fostering a, quote, queer affirming network, cultivating a movement, quote, free from ageism and combating, quote, state sanctioned violence. The Black Lives Matter Global Network didn't respond to a request for comment on why the page was removed. Black Lives Matter was founded in 2013 in response to the death of Trayvon Martin in Florida by activists Alicia Garza, Patrice Colors, and Opal Tometi. Colors has, been, has, described herself as Gar, has, has described herself and Garza as, quote, trained Marxists or communists. Supporters say that the movement draws attention to the deaths at hands of police that should not have happened while critics say that activists push a racial injustice narrative that doesn't have strong evidence behind it. Many Black Lives Matter protests are peaceful, but researchers found that hundreds devolve into violence in the United States alone since late May. In a rare public statement earlier this month, colors pushed back on criticism from, from televangelist Pat Robertson, who said on his show that, quote, Black Lives Matter, but that legitimate thing that has, has been hijacked by these radicals. It's true. So they, they, they had attention drawn to them after, you know, Patrice Cullors probably came out saying, hey, we practice witchcraft, we do this thing. You can't, you, can't, you can't have all that up there, is what that was. That was them admitting that, okay, we need to, we need to be doing some PR work. We are getting people, we are getting attention, but we need to make sure we're getting the right attention. So one of the things that popped out again this week that, really just kind of aggravated me, but at the same time shows everything I'm trying to encapsulate in a quick and concise way, was this new TikTok trend that happened of parents throwing their babies off camera and then twerking to some song. Talking about, baby, we can't have a baby if you don't take this plan B. It's a plan C. And so it was only a couple weeks ago that I was talking about TikTok who we now realize is owned by China, having young teenagers swallow Benadryl, some of, in some cases, children even dying. We also have so many instances of TikTok being used as a, as a way to manipulate society. Like, this is social engineering. To a degree, I am social engineering when I'm, put, when I'm showing up week after week providing you guys with a little bit of reality. This is social engineering. I don't operate on TikTok. This is the type of stuff that goes on TikTok. This is what happens when you have an entire generation of people used to dancing, doing social challenges, completely unaware of how they're dehumanizing themselves. But here's the core thread, right? China, social media, uh, uh, lack of standards, lack of willpower, lack of morals, lack of self-control, Lack of discipline and so much more. But uh, let me get into this. It says, uh, this comes from Paul Joseph Watson over there at Summit.News. They put this up September 23rd. It says, parents throwing their babies off camera and then twerking to an abortion song. It says that a new trend going viral on TikTok has parents and older siblings throwing their babies off camera to, to, to the tune of a hip-hop song about abortion before twerking. Yes, really. It says, in yet another desperate effort for dopamine and social media clout Parents and, so, and siblings are lip-syncing to the song by Baby by Blueface, which features the lyrics, quote, No baby, we can't have the baby. 
If you don't take this plan C, it's a plan C. This plan plan B is a reference to the morning after pill. Plan C is presumably abortion. It says that the babies are then thrown off to the side or behind it with the user in the most instances, not even checking to see if if they landed safely before twerking or performing some other kind of dance in front of the camera. It says that the rapper Blueface is also promoting this demented challenge via his Instagram page, commenting, quote, grab the nearest baby. B, we can't have a baby. If you don't take this plan B, this plan C. Must be your cause it ain't your face, baby. Throw that to the base, baby. No baby, we can't have a baby. If you don't take this plan B, this plan C. Must be cause it ain't your face, baby. Throw that to the base, baby. No baby, we can't have a baby. If you don't take this plan B, this plan C. Must be your cause it ain't your face, baby. Throw that we can't have a baby. If you don't take this plan B. Well, yeah, uh, audio listeners, you're not missing really anything, just a bunch of degeneracy. Like, straight up, the camera literally shakes sometimes whenever they throw these children. And I get some of these kids might be somebody else's baby. Or you're, none of this is right. None of this is really right. But, you know, I think. I think because I'm start, I, I want kids. I'm thinking about people just throwing babies, and this is where we're at now. You know, and some of these might be somebody else's little brother, right? This might be this kid's little brother, and he might be throwing them for TikTok clout. You know, this might be this chick's little brother, and she might just be chucking him for for, for social media clout. And this might be this this chick's baby, and she might be chucking him for for social media clout. But he, but y'all are not looking at these children. Y'all are straight throwing these babies, not making sure they're okay, either on beds, on couches, on something. And then you twerking, man. Like, think about that. Think about that. It's degeneracy, bro. Like, you're not. And I guess because I think in terms of symbolism. I think of how, uh, again, how people are throwing away their legacy, their heritage, their future for likes and for views and stuff like this. You know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, speaking of Kenosha and Kyle Rittenhouse and all these other people that were trying to become soldiers overnight, don't throw your life away. This is the same type of stuff. Uh, let me finish this and we'll continue on. It says, numerous TikTok users commenting on the, quote, trend noted its degenerate nature. Quote, I'd be disappointed if my mom threw me, then proceeded to shake ass for the internet, said one. Quote, imagine tossing your infant for a blue-faced TikTok challenge, remarked another. Quote, someone should legit call child services on these people, added another. Yet another reason to ban TikTok, most of which consists of teenage girls dancing around provocatively in scenes that would look like, that would look out of place, and Netflix's pedo-family cuties. Oh, don't worry, we're, we're unfortunately just getting started you see we're just getting started because people can't understand that when, when I'm when I'm talking about multi-generational warfare giving over your birthright giving over your heritage trading in you know your future for 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 some clout I'm guilty of it myself I'm not immune I've put off trying to be a father to to, to, to fight this war but this is where we're at. You've got to understand, we, we, we break down the evolution of warfare, particularly on Instagram Live, but we break down that concept 
and you've got to understand how complex things are. But at the same time, how simple some things really are. Uh, and what I mean by this is uh, Herschel Walker, a formal, a, a former NFL player, talked about how China is funding Democrats via Black Lives Matter. Let's listen. Oh, just finished with another workout, but I was thinking, you know, I just saw uh, the Democratic Party uh, raise a lot of money, and a lot of it came from Act Blue. And I was thinking, and I always try to give people the truth or where I'm getting it from, and I get it from people's mouth, and I also get it from the research I've done, which is true. But as they were raising the money from Act Blue, I noticed that the BLM, who I told you earlier, the founder said that they're Marxists. They were trained from Marxists. And then I saw that BLM give a lot of money to Act Blue, which is okay. I reckon you can support whatever party you want to support. And if the Democratic Party want to be associated with, with Marxists, that's fine. But then I also saw that BLM had a subsidiary company that was uh, partnering with a company from China that was giving them money. So the money goes from China to the subsidiary, to BLM, to the Democratic Party. Why does it seem like I'm the only one that's coming up with this? Just think about it. Just think about it. Just think about it. This is on Monday. Walker released a video on Twitter claiming that China is funding BLM, which is then donating that money to the Democratic Party. In the caption of his tweet, Walker wrote that the 2020 presidential election is the most important in U.S. history. And it goes on to basically quote everything he was talking about. And so that's how simple it is. People are waking up. I think it was just last week Newt Gingrich was kicked off of Fox for saying, yes, no, George Soros funds Black Lives Matter. These riots are funded. Somebody's organizing this. But see, again, this is what I was saying. It's a dangerous game. It has to, be, it has to become so chaotic out there that everybody else knows that this can't be like some hidden thing. Everybody has to know who funds them, why it's happening, what will happen if, and if, it, if it doesn't get checked, and where it's going. But again, what did I talk about just last week? Even if they're able to take down the financiers and cut off the funding for Black Lives Matter, we will still be dealing with the tail end of the snake as well as whatever other serpents and seeds were left afterwards. We will be dealing with the children of Antifa. We will be dealing with the children of Black Lives Matter. We will be dealing with the children of Indivisible, of Refused Fascism, and more. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like it because we're still dealing with one aspect of it, but it's, this, it's an ideology. Ideas are bulletproof. Even if we're able to take down and cut off the head of the snake, it's, 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 it's everything that comes after. But here, let me get back into this, confirming more of what Herschel Walker was saying right here. Group led by BLM founder is fiscally supported by a pro-Chinese communist organization. This is written by Derek Naus over there, Prepare for Change. He put this up September 23rd. And before I get into this, I really have to make this, this, this known. I am not raised by MTV, right? I'm not over here bumping hip-hop music and rap as much as I want and should because that's programming. I'm over here, again, providing you information, trying to, trying to give you sources, breaking it down, trying to speak to you about it, explaining things. Black Lives Matter is being funded by, by George Soros in China. 
you have a Hungarian-born, uh, essentially uh, uh, not Nazi sympathizer, but somebody that helped the Nazis, a Hungarian-born Jew that helped the Nazis, now working with Chinese communist organizations to help fund a, a, a puppet organization that claims it has American values and understands the black American's bite. Like I said, bro, nobody's come to me asking EJ, hey, how are you like this? Nobody ever wanted to talk to me about, hey, why did you have to make those conscious decisions to not be too, not be too niggerish, bro? Like, why did you, why are you doing these things? Why are there, why, why do people get caught up in this culture? Why do people do these things? Why do people fall for these traps? Because they don't understand. They want you to be manipulated. We talk about getting off the democratic plantation because it's a very real thing. The willpower, the constitution that it takes, the self-discipline and control. That's why I'm not talking about voting being the solution, but I digress. What I'm trying to talk to you about is how you have two foreign organizations funding what they think of as the black American blight. Being led by, by, by witches, man. Like, come on. It, it, it could not become any more obvious. But let me get into this. I don't want to sound like rude, but people have to understand where I'm coming from. Being, being a black man, having to talk about this, understanding the real black blight and how, it's, how, how this type of nonsense right here, it pushes us back a couple generations. You get me? I'm playing. I play those, like, I'll say this real quick and get into this. I play for you guys that quick clip of what's going on over there in Kentucky. All those people out there throwing away their lives. They're going to hate my child. They're going to hate me because I'm not wasting my future throwing it away. I'm investing in things, trying to become like an asset and not a liability. These people are going to end up in handcuffs. It's, it, it is just crazy to see how things are uh, rapidly progressing, not even towards the election, but uh, as the future landscape is being shaped. Let's get into this. It says, if you needed any more evidence that Black Lives Matter is at its heart, a Marxist subgroup intent on overthrowing capitalism and the American way of life, consider the following. The, quote, advocacy group, Black Futures Lab, which lists BLM founder Alicia Garza as its principal, is fiscally supported by the pro-communist group Chinese Progressive Action. Alicia Garza is the principal of an advocacy, of an advocacy group funded by a group linked to the Chinese Communist Party. So think about that. Just last week, we talked about how Patrice Cullors, one of the other co-founders, admits to practicing witchcraft. The other co-founder is over here working for, the, for, for, uh, for, for Communist China. How long until you think that we found out something strange about the other co-founder? These are the forces that, that are at play right here. Continuing on, it says Garza who was described by BLM co-founder Patrice Cullors as a, quote, trained Marxist who was, quote, super versed on ideological theories, helped create the Black Futures Lab in 2018. Black Futures Lab claims to, quote, work with black people to transform our communities, building black political power and changing the way that power operates locally, statewide and nationally. CPA was founded in 1972 with a mission to educate, organize and empower, quote, the low income and the working class immigrant Chinese community in San Francisco to build collective power with the, with the other oppressed communities to demand better living and working conditions and justice for all people. A 2009 Stanford University paper written by Kaori Tsukata describes the founding of CPA. It says, quote, The CPA began as a leftist pro-People's Republic of China organization promoting awareness of the mainland China's revolutionary thought and workers' rights and dedicated to self-determination, community control, and serving the people. 
although CPA is not listed as a as one of their partners, when you click on the link to donate to BPL or BFL, you see the message Black Features Lab is fiscally supported project of the Chinese Progressive Association. Among the stunts CPAs pulled over the years was to hoist a communist Chinese flag on Boston City's Plaza last September to celebrate the 70th, universe, the 70th anniversary of the Chinese communist takeover in China. The organization's Boston branch also teamed up with China's consulate general in New York in, 2020, in 2017 to assist Chinese nationals with renewing their passports, an action that earned the group praise from the Communist Party-sanctioned China Daily. And then it just it goes on and on to explain it. But I just want to make this this this, this quick statement. People have to follow the money. You've got to follow the money. You know, you got to ask, why aren't there any men doing this? Why don't we... I think Hawk Newsom is like the only black man that I've really seen. And he's out there in, like, I think Brooklyn, who really started this, who's really stepped up to, to talk about this. But other than that, you don't really see, like, any organization. The same way that with ISIS and other organizations such as this, it's an idea that people can slap on and take. And I know sometimes whenever we cover this stuff, it seems like we're being really judgmental and really condescending. But it's me trying to point out the factors of how we're being infiltrated. Again, that multi-generational warfare, that ideological intervention, that cultural subversion. You see. Let me get back into this. It says the CF, it says a CPA routinely involves itself with lawsuits on behalf of, quote, workers' rights and organizes protests and marches centered on so-called climate change, which, which call for a, quote, fossil-free world. The CPA and the BFL partnership seems odd when you consider Communist China's atrocious record when dealing with black people. Very true. It says in April of this year, Africans living in the, Guang, the Guangzhou in Guangzhou in southern China were reportedly the victims of a racist backlash after it was reported that a Nigerian COVID-19 patient attacked a nurse. Some Africans were reportedly quarantined for 14 days despite having no symptoms or contacts with any known patient were subjected, to, were subjected to random testing and in some cases were left homeless by Chinese officials. Yeah, China's in a, China is in Africa becoming an economic power. They are propping up Africa. They're going in there doing economic development, uh, not militaristic development. You see. What I'm, what I'm trying to point out when reading this type of information is for people to understand that you can see the money there. You can follow the trail. You can see what these people are up to, and you can see what the goal is. It is to take down America, to take down the nuclear family, to take down capitalism, to take down the Western hegemony that we have, and to bring us to our knees. Our country's under attack. There's nothing else to say. That's what I'm saying. These, these, these protests are not that. They are things that are descending into violence and into chaos. You see. Oh, but don't worry. We'll, we, we will come back to that. Uh, but to continue on, more evidence of the increasing chaos, the Overton window being pushed, and more right here. DOJ labels New York City, Portland, and Seattle as, quote, anarchist jurisdictions. Federal aid to cities 
is in the crosshairs. This is an article put up by Zero Hedge. They put this up September 21st. And before I go into this, I just want to say that Jerry Nadler, the man who said Antifa doesn't exist, is trying to fight this. He's trying to fight this, this uh, these designations. But another thing that popped up last week that I didn't get around to posting is emblematic of uh, what I was going over with 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 Mia Rodriguez. Right here, newly introduced plan would split New York into three autonomous regions, stripping power from Democratic leaders. So what we're having right now is a splintering of society. Society is 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 is, is fracturing because of the chaos because of the power grabs, because of everybody trying to get their own slice of the pie, and because of everything changing, because of the Overton window expanding. Let me get into this. It says that the feud between President Trump and democratically controlled cities, which which have moved to defund police and enable rioters, sharply escalated Sunday after the Justice Department labeled New York City and three other metro areas as, quote, anarchist jurisdictions, according to a leaked report in the New York Post. It says Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, Washington were the two other cities identified as, quote, anarchist jurisdictions in a measure that was approved by Attorney General William Barr. The, quote, anarchist designations set the pathway for President Trump to defund these, quote, lawless metro areas, which would likely worsen an emerging fiscal crisis. Quote, when state and local leaders impede their law enforcement officers and agencies from doing their jobs, it endangers innocent citizens who deserve to be protected, including those who are trying to assemble and, peace, and, and protest peacefully, Barr said in a, in a statement expected to be released Monday. It says, quote, We cannot allow federal tax dollars to be wasted when the safety of citizens hang in the balance, Barr said. Quote, It is my hope that the cities identified by the Department of Justice today will reverse the course and become serious about performing the basic function of government and start protecting their own citizens. In a five-page memo sent to the federal agencies on September 2nd, Trump directed Budget Director Vought to issue the new guidance within a month, quote, to the heads of agencies on restricting the eligibility of otherwise disfavoring to the maximum extent permitted by law anarchist jurisdictions in the recip- in the receipt of the federal grants. Trump tweeted on September 20 on, on 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 September 2nd that his administration will quote do everything in its power to prevent the weak mayors and lawless cities from taking federal dollars while they let anarchists harm burn harm people burn buildings and ruin lives and businesses. He added at the end of the tweet quote we're putting them on notice today. So priming the plunge, certain certain areas being labeled anarchist jurisdictions because they see where the funding's coming from, they see how things are intensifying, and they're saying, you know what, we're not going to have it. We understand that Antifa's goal is to overthrow the government. They're hearing this. But the same thing that I said whenever we looked at Chaz and Chop and how these people had to provide them with 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 shelter, with electricity, with food, with water. They were being held hostage. They were being terrorized. Of course they had to. If not, they would have had their windows bashed in and their kick and their teeth kicked out. This is what I'm telling you. We 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 have we are having our goodwill and our, our kind nature being used against us. Our openness is being used against us. These are no longer protests. These are extremists. These are people that have the very same rights, but they're looking for every single reason to overload the system. This is another thing that I said beforehand. 
you guys go listen to the episode we did earlier this week, Misinformation and Multigenerational Warfare, you'll hear me break that down, how they want to overwhelm the system so they can take it over. You see, it's a very, very sophisticated plan. But they see these things taking place. They see people getting increasingly crazy. The destabilization taking place. The organization. The organization that I'm talking about with you guys. They see this. They're intercepting more stuff than I'm able to report on. We're only able to get so much of this. And so, because of this, I'm not an advocate of it, but because of this, this is what's taking place. The military confirmed that it mold deploying an experimental, quote, heat ray to protect the White House. This comes from Tim Brown over there at Sons of Liberty Media. They put this up September 21st. And we're literally talking about the active denial system. You imagine that? You imagine people trying to, like, in, uh, trying to siege the White House, trying to, trying to swarm on the White House, and then deploying active denial systems just seeing like a, uh, uh, an invisible wall a frequency-based barrier that, or an invisible wall that just stops people. This is what's crazy. Let's get into this. It says, of course, none of this would ever be deployed to protect peasants like you and me, but here we are with the Pentagon actually stating that they are considering using a, quote, experimental heat ray to protect the White House. In any case, Zero Hedge has a story. It says that an experimental Pentagon weapon, which was intended for use in varying scenarios, from, deter from deterring pirates on the high seas to riot control in the city streets in, ma in cases of mass arrest is, subject, is the subject of fresh controversy after documents of its field trials surfaced. Two decades ago, the DOD revealed a weapon system called an Active Denial System, or ADS, nicknamed the Pain Ray, or also the Heat Ray, which was capable of inflicting an invisible zap of pain upon protesters failing to disperse or alternatively could deter hostile boats approaching a battleship. It says that it works by directing a blast of energy at a target causing subjects brief but excruciating pain as if the skin is on fire, which leaves no lasting or permanent injury. It essentially hits a subject with a blast of intense searing heat. A 2007 field test later leaked to Wired revealed, however, that an, a that an airman serving as a test subject was severely burned by the device. It says that this, despite Raytheon science scientists who developed it attempting to assure that it is completely safe and only induces temporary discomfort. Quote, the non-lethal device works by emitting a microwave beam at 95 gigahertz, a specific frequency that penetrates the, the outermost layer of skin, creating an intense burning sensation but not powerful enough, in theory, to cause a burn. Yahoo News reports that this week after dense officials or defense officials reportedly looked into using a pain ray to deter recent hostile rioters, near the White House. <laughs> That's crazy to me. It goes on. It goes on to talk about um, the Black Lives Matter protests with George Floyd and how they thought about deploying this. Yeah, uh, during the height of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter protests, which inundated D.C. riots, or D.C. streets, and especially areas around the White House, a prior active demonstration they, they, they just talked about bringing it out there. <laughs> and I, I think that's crazy uh, that we have literally hit that point to where they know that these people are organized and the only way they can do that is have the troops out there on the streets. And clearly that is not something I recommend. Clearly I, I highly don't recommend deploying uh, the military against the citizens. My God, 
but that's that's where it's trying to go. Uh, unfortunately, that's where it's trying to go. You know, and I ha because I have to again. I feel like I have to say this. I don't want to be considered like a bootlicking fascist. But what happens whenever there's no more rule of law? There's no more like social contract. You know, we're dealing with extremists and terrorists and destabilizers and saboteurs. Like, what 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 at that point happens? Do we have laws to deal with this type of stuff? No, we shouldn't be like deploying the military. They shouldn't be having to deal with this. Cops shouldn't have to be dealing with this either. Civilians shouldn't be having to deal with this. But again, this is all part of the Great Reset, the socioeconomic reformation, the sociopolitical reformation, that paradigm shift, and more. This is what I mean by the landscape shifting. And so, yeah, you can you can you can rage against the system. You can try to burn it down. But you really got to think about what is a better way to go about this. I think because I'm, I'm, I've never looked at voting as a solution. I think of the dollar being like what people understand. The dollar, the yuan, you know, the yin, the yan, whatever it may be. Your, your, your economic voting power is what people recognize. And you can politically do more whenever you have more money and have more tentacles being able to help negotiate reality in a different way. I hope that makes sense. And so when you have people throwing themselves against this flamethrower system that expects you to do so, you're only emboldening it, and, and, emboldening it and making it better and stronger. This is why the only people that have really won throughout the, the, the COVID-19 lockdown is the police state, is the government. They've gotten more power This is that's it, during this power grab, during this season, than at any other time beforehand. I tried to point that out whenever I was on uh, on. on, on on the air with David Nino Rodriguez, that every single time Antifa and Black Lives Matter do this, they are taking away at least a year's worth of freedoms that we have to fight back for. That's how this works. But people don't see that. And so when we don't stand up, we fall for everything. And so this is what I mean by the Overton window changing. Do we want law and order? Do we want a sense of normalcy? Or are we going to let extremists and terrorists dictate to us what that new normal is. Something people should really negotiate. Something they should meditate on. But here, uh, let me bring up this final article for this segment right here. Facebook vows to restrict users if the U.S. election descends into chaos. This comes from Ricky Scaparo over there in Time, Headline, in Time Headlines. They put this up September 22nd. And you know what I'm going to read. They're just saying that they're going to censor people. They're just censoring the opposition. They're already out there protesting because of Breonna Taylor. They're already out there protesting because of uh, uh, George Floyd. They're protesting because of uh, Trump, because of Biden. They're going to find reasons to censor everybody, and they're going to put out the narrative they want. They know it's going to descend into chaos. They know it's going to become increasingly crazy. But that's okay. They want you to do that. I, I, I didn't get around to posting it. Zero Hedge put it up. But they finally came out with their oversight board, Facebook, a couple of weeks before the election. How convenient. Let's get into this, and then we'll close out this segment. It says, earlier this week, Facebook gave us a welcome break from the virtue signaling by threatened being from the virtue signaling by threatened to pull its business from Europe should courts uphold an EU-wide ban on transferring European user data to U.S.-based servers, something Washington is desperately trying to stop TikTok from doing, in a sense. 
But that didn't last long. On Tuesday, the social media giant's head of global communications, former deputy Nick Clegg, told the Financial Times that the company is developing contingency plans should the U.S. election lead to an outbreak of chaos and uncertainty. Though he didn't go into, into much detail, the implication is clear. Facebook is planning to significantly curtail speech on its platform, echoing the Internet blackouts utilized by authoritarian regimes, including Iran, Venezuela, and elsewhere. Clegg preferred to call them the, quote, break the glass options and assured readers that they probably wouldn't happen anyway. In an interview with the Financial Times, Nick Clegg, the company's head of global affairs, said it had drawn up plans for how to handle a range of outcomes, including widespread civil unrest or the, quote, political dilemmas of having in-person votes counted more rapidly than mail-in ballots, which will play a larger role in the election due to the coronavirus pandemic. Quote, there are some break glass options available available to us if there really is an extremely chaotic and worse still violent set of circumstances, Mr. Clegg said, though he stopped short of elaborating further on what measures were on, t on the table. The proposed actions, which would probably go farther than any previous taken by a U.S. platform, come as the social media group is under increasing pressure to lay out how it plans to combat election-related misinformation, voter suppression, and the incitement of violence on the November 3rd election day, and during the post-election period. They're going to censor you. That's what they're going to do. You're going to have thoughts, and they're not going to want that, and so they're going to kick you out. And so, while you're not being listened to, becoming increasingly more radicalized, chaos and stuff is going to go outside, and they're going to figure out pocket cities on how to deal with this. This is what I mean by priming the plunge. We're about to go headfirst into chaos. This is why I did the, the, the June 9th minicast on Zebellion, which you guys can find in the description bar below, explaining this. That for the next five years, not just next year, but for the next five years, it's going to be intense. Things are going to escalate, and we're going to see some historic moves being made. Priming the plunge is what we're leaving. We're going into fifth, gener fifth generation warfare on the other side. Delaware officials, the FBI seizing enough fentanyl to kill 75% the, the of the state's population, a Chinese consulate directing an NYPD officer, that's right, we've been, in, we've been infected, we've been invaded, as well as China appearing to show a simulated attack on a U.S. base in Guam. Five of the six largest California fires being started in the past six weeks while people are being committed for arson. This is the world that's being created. This is 2020. And this is where we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. In a world where secret powers are in play, where nothing is as it seems, one brand of clothing gives Crusaders of Truth a voice. One brand in the fight against terror, deceit, and destruction. We are not merchants of fear. We are not a parody of free thinkers. It was almost like they ignored it because they wanted it to happen. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat. This season, get ready to awaken the masses. Forget the politicians. Politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. 
Forbidden Clothes. Because if you know, you know. Joe Biden is marching in lockstep with them. Understand what's going on around you. You are in a state of war, and you have precious little time to save yourself. It's a slow process, which we call active measures. The first stage being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. The next stage is destabilization. What matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. The next stage is crisis. With a violent change of power, structure and economy, period of normalization. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C. We will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfilled or not. time bomb is ticking with every second the disaster is coming closer and closer the danger is real Welcome back. Yeah. Didn't mean to go on like a rant and a tangent there. But I think with the new the new mic and the new sound and me just trying to explain everything, you get kind of carried away. I'll try to I'll try to make this uh this segment relatively short, quick and to the point. 
I'll be honest, it's going to be very, very anti, not anti-China, but that's somewhat of the theme. I thought fifth generation warfare would be more appropriate because we're looking at all of the different ways in which we're being affected. Uh, like I said before, the evolution of warfare, spiritual warfare, psychological warfare, biological warfare, financial warfare, legal warfare, you know, drug warfare. We're going to be talking about fentanyl. Right, the drug that was in George Floyd's system that nobody wants to talk about. Uh, we have to look at all the different ways in which we're being affected. Earlier this week, I talked to you guys, or you guys heard me have that therapy session with uh, Kalinda, and it was it was needed, you know, because I don't think people really understand the necessity of embracing your emotions and embracing that that uh, that that authentic human feeling. We try to act so tough for so long that we don't understand that there are many different dimensions to this existence and that you need to be aware of them, both physically, spiritually, financially, and more. And so when we're talking about fifth generation warfare, we're essentially talking about the evolution of warfare and more. And with that being said, let's kick this pig. Earlier this week, more information come, came out about how they're trying to kill us. <laughs> uh, not how they're trying to kill us but how they're trying to get you to kill yourself right here uh, Delaware officials FBI sees enough fentanyl to kill 75% of the state's population an article written by Jack Phillips over there at the Epoch Times he put this up September 22nd and before I get into this uh, we need to talk about talking about fentanyl in the past this is nothing new we've talked about it showing up uh, in Florida Border Patrol coming across it, um, like straight pounds of the stuff. They, they found fentanyl and cocaine enough to kill like people a couple times over, man. The stuff's powerful. But again, what else did we figure out this year? The 80 plus, and I'm being very conservative with that number, that 80% plus of our pharmaceuticals come from who? Not the World Health Organization, China. China makes our drugs. Yeah, that's right. China has us addicted to fit and all. China's got us over here doing this. And so it's not just China. This is also the, the big pharma mafia. But you get, our, you get the point I'm trying to make. Uh, we covered it just last, just last year. We found out that half of America is on uh, one or two prescribed drugs. And so what I'm trying to explain to you, uh, not necessarily obesity, but the biological health of humans of Americans, you've got to look at what they're addicted to. Starbucks, McDonald's, fast foods. You know, if you talk to them about vitamins and supplements and nutraceuticals, they think they're a scam. So what I'm trying to say is they've got us addicted to being degenerate junkies that have no understanding of health. We laugh at vegans who have probably done thousands, comparatively, comparatively hours of research on just their body alone and we laugh at that type of stuff we laugh at fitness coach we laugh at, at fitness coaching we laugh at people who are healthy and so this is me trying to give you a window into the mindset of, of, of people today of how we've been addicted to becoming degenerates and junkies let me get into this let me explain how we have fentanyl being shipped in enough to kill us but we can't care it says that the FBI and local officials in Delaware sees enough fentanyl to kill about 75% of the state's population of nearly 1 million people. 
It says that the, the, the Delaware State Police and the FBI on Monday announced 28 arrests in connection with the sting called, quote, Operation Nomas. All 28 sus- suspects were charged with 252 felonies, including cl- criminal racketeering, conspiracy, drug dealing, and other charges, officials said, as reported by WPVI-TV. Law enforcement officials said that the drug ring was run by Louis Rent- Rentiera, who owned properties in Philadelphia and Delaware. Quote, included in these results was the largest fentanyl seizure by Delaware law enforcement in the state's history, making a major dent in the supply of fentanyl that would have been distributed on the streets of Newark and surrounding areas, said Jennifer Boone, special agent in charge of the FBI's field office in Baltimore. Quote, alone, the quality, the quantity of fentanyl seized could have killed thousands and thousands of people. Officials noted that the amount of drugs that were recovered Quote, it was enough fentanyl to kill 750,000 Delawareans, said Lieutenant Robert Jones of the Delaware State Police. Fentanyl is a synthetic opioid that has suppressed or surpassed heroin as a leading cause of overdose, overdoses in the United States, surpassing heroin in the number of, op- in, in the number of overdoses. Quote, sources of supplies for the Renteria organization were located in numerous states, including California, Pennsylvania, and Florida, said Jones. Renteria faces up to 30 years in prison if he is convicted, officials said. Quote, the amount of fentanyl, heroin, drugs, cocaine, drug money, and guns seized in the sting has saved lives and will save lives, point blank. The actions of these narcotics enterprises have ripples stretching across our region and disrupting, and at, a, at times, across the nation. Disrupting them helps disrupt a drug trade that, that I and everyone else here today can, att- can attest breeds violence in Delaware and elsewhere said Delaware Attorney General Kathleen Jennings, according to reports. It says that China is the largest source of illicit fentanyl and fentanyl-like substances in the country, according to a 2018 report by the U.S.-China Economic and Security Review Commission. It says last month, a US sanctioned, the U.S. sanctioned an alleged fentanyl kingpin, 32-year-old Zhang Tatao, who is a chemist and a chemical supplier based in Shanghai. He's accused of shipping the drug in massive amounts to the United States. Fentanyl is up to 100 times more potent than morphine and 50 times more potent than heroin. As little as 2 milligrams is considered a lethal dosage for most people. Over 31,000 people in the United States have died from overdosing on synthetic opioids in 2018, most of them being fentanyl-related, according to the CDC. It says that fentanyl was found in the system of George Floyd, a man who died in police custody in May and triggered a wave of riots and unrest over the summer according to the local media, or the local, the local medical examiner. So fifth generation warfare. Nobody wants to talk about the fentanyl that was found in George, George Floyd's system. They also don't want to talk about fentanyl being shipped in here. And what it's doing to people. A hundred times more powerful than morphine, and 50 times more powerful than heroin. And so, you got to think about this, because i got to do a quick Gotham reference again. You know, because we let out all we let out all the criminals, or all the nonviolent offenders because of COVID, right? Well, they gotta they gotta they gotta eat somewhere. They gotta have some home to go to. They have to have some kind of community. You see where I'm going with this? Something that happened in one of the episodes I watched in Gotham. They busted out these criminals, these crooks, and Theo Gallivant, one of the, I guess, city officials. He ends up. Uh, taking on some of these people 
the Joker is like an apprentice, but he breaks these people out of jail, gives them a job, gives them a place to stay, gives them money, gives them clothes, gives them everything they need, winds them up, and sends them out there in the street. And this is what I'm talking about. So fifth generation warfare. Nobody wants to talk about the fentanyl that was in George Floyd's system or where the, where the fentanyl is coming from and what it's doing to people. But think about this. Again, the criminals being busted out. Where are they? And, and, and I don't want to sound rude, but where are they going to go in a world like this? They're only going to go back to the crime that they know. They're not going to know of any. They're not going to know about user interface and game development. Not in a world that's moving this fast paced. You see, they're going to go back to drugs. They're going to go back to crime. They're going to go back to this type of stuff. But I digress. Let me get back into more of this, more of the fifth generation warfare. Uh, right here, a hedge fund manager came out earlier this week talking about how Beijing could manipulate TikTok to brainwash millennials if Trump doesn't shut it down. It says Kyle Bass prefers the term, quote, China realist to China hawk. But the inveterate China critic who last year bet against the Hong Kong dollars peg to the greenback appeared on CNBC Tuesday morning to share his thoughts on TikTok. HSBC and the prospect of decoupling between the U.S. and China. Let's take a listen. When people call you a China hawk, do you do you embrace that, Kyle? I, I it, just for lack of a better term, uh, you're pretty strident about your views about China. So, what overall, what what do you make of of what we have witnessed? Because it started out presumably as a national security issue. Is it still a national security issue? And was it necessary to be one? Uh, right at the start, and, and have we have we taken steps to lessen the the potential damage? Well, first of all, I like to I like to consider myself a Chinese a China realist, uh, not a China hawk. Unfortunately, it's China's own policies that have put them in this situation and overplaying their hand. When you look at TikTok or you look at WeChat, TikTok's 800 million users worldwide, up to 100 million users in the U.S., and uh, they are very close to. The Chinese government, their data collection policies are aggressive. If you've read the white papers, the cybersecurity reports. And it, what's fascinating about this is China controls the narrative. It's, it's what they do best. If, if Goldman Sachs is going to open up a wholly owned subsidiary in China, China requires Goldman Sachs to have data held in China, i.e. it can't leave. And so in this case, the data collection, data storage uh, all goes through Beijing for TikTok. So there are two problems with national security. Number one is the fact that the Chinese government uh, has the aggressive data collection policies uh, through TikTok. Number two is TikTok's algorithm can influence the thinking uh, and the minds of, of U.S. youth uh, over time because they control that algorithm. And that's, of course, the algorithm they don't want to give up. And so whether you're talking about China, whether you're talking about or TikTok or WeChat, those those things have to be controlled. When people call you a China hawk, do you do you embrace that, Kyle? I, I it, just for lack of a better term, uh, you're pretty strident about your. You're not wrong, Mr. Bass. You're definitely not wrong. And whenever he's talking about China being able to manipulate people's minds over time, I mean, my God, like, how much more obvious can it get? I'm bringing up this clip for you guys of of this TikTok trend of parents throwing their babies off camera. B, we can't have a baby. If you don't take this plan B, plan C. Must be your cause it ain't your face, baby. Ooh. Throw that to the base, baby. Say, say, no baby, we can't.
So when, when we're talking about fifth generation warfare, you know, being able to have the invading force China call for the defunding of police, you have the invading force China having us throw away our children, you have the invading force China having us swallow sleeping pills, Mr. Bass is not wrong whenever he's coming up with this assessment. It's not a China hawk. He's being a China realist. He's breaking down the, the generational warfare aspect of this. Again, he's seeing how these people are able to infiltrate our society, get us to have, get us to hate ourselves, have no patriotism, make degeneracy cool, <laughs> and, and, and give up our future. I mean, my God, how much more obvious can it be? This is what I mean by ideological intervention and cultural subversion. And I know that it comes from like a, we're, we're, we're politicking, we're talking about the politics of this, but this is what I mean. China's not over there doing this type of stuff. China's not over there having any of these marches or any of this type of stuff. They export it here. They allow for us to, to, to make sterilization cool, you know, make, a, make degeneracy cool, make de depopulation cool. People don't see that, that we're just taking it on. And so he's not wrong. Mr. Mr. Bass is not wrong because when we're looking at this type of information and when we're looking at what it does to us, you don't have to understand. It doesn't take much to understand the anti-American, you know, death to America, no borders, no walls, no USA at all. America was never great. It doesn't take much to understand that. It really doesn't. You know, and so the, the craziest part about all of this is the sophistication in which, in which is going on. And so I'll say this and I'll get into my other article and we'll continue on with this. Uh, because I do want to play for you guys this quick clip of them simulating an attack on a U.S. base. This is them being ballsy, the bravado. But right here, Xi defends ambitions at the U.N., warns of a clash of civilizations. This comes from the Judge Report feed. They put this up September 23rd. It says President Xi Jinping gave a robust defense on China's ambitions Tuesday in a speech to the U.N., warning against the perils of a, quote, class of civilizations during a pandemic that has rippled through the world. It says in an opening address presaged uh, by a demand by his U.S. counterpart, Donald Trump, for China to be held, quote, accountable for the coronavirus outbreak, Xi said global unity was the only way to overcome the crisis. It says that the world, quote, must oppose politicization and stigmatization over COVID-19. Xi said in a pre-recorded address urging world leaders to embrace, quote, the concept of a big family, communism, and avoid falling into the traps of a class of civilization. The U.S. and China are eyeballing each other over a raft of issues. The origins of the coronavirus, trade and tech dominance, security and disputed seas. The U.S. has also called China out over its ambitions to control the strategically pivotal South China Sea, as well as for its bid to crush democracy movements in the Hong Kong and Taiwan. But Xi reassured world leaders his country had no desire for, quote, hegemony, expansion, or a sphere of influence. Quote, China has no intention to enter a cold war with any country, he said, insisting Beijing is insist instead a bulwark of international systems such as World Trade Organization and a willing partner in the face of diplomatic spats. Quote, we insist on dialogue to bridge differences and negotiation to resolve disputes, he added. So you got China over there saying, we don't want to fight. We're on, we're on your side. We're not going to do anything. 
we, we don't want to clash of civilizations. We're not exporting our ideology to everyone else. Just take our free vaccines. Take our free virus. And isn't that what I've been saying this whole time through? Through and through. Yes, we've been infected with this virus, but we've also been infected with authoritarianism. And so that's why, if you ask me, I think we see this kind of shift taking place where Democrats and Republicans are, you know, becoming communists and fascists and socialists because something's happening. The mask is off, pun intended, because everybody has their mask on. The mask is off. They're revealing who they are. They're revealing their intentions. But you've got to understand the subtle, nuanced ways in which they're trying to communicate. Like this right here. China Air Force video appears to show simulated attack on U.S. base in Guam. That's right. They, they, this is them doing more of that soft flex. The same way that you have them uh, releasing videos of Donald Trump being shot and killed and so forth. Uh, but let me, let me... This comes from End Time Headlines this by Ricky Scaparo. He put this up uh, September 21st, and I'll just play a little bit of this in the background while I read the caption. But it says, uh, China's Air Force has released a video showing nuclear-capable H-6 bombers carrying out a simulated attack on what appears to be Anderson Air Force Base on the U.S. Pacific Island of Guam as regional tensions rise. It says, the video released on Saturday on the People's Liberation Army Air Force Weibo account came as China carried out the second day of drills near Chinese-claimed Taiwan to express anger at the visit of a, US Senate, of, of, a, of a senior U.S. State Department official to Taipei. And for our uh, audio listeners, I'll describe it to you. You're seeing them launch a plane off into the distance with a man on a with a man on a horse. Oh, oh, oh. Windmills, <laughs> tumbleweeds. Wow. 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 It says Guam is home to the major U.S. military facilities, including the air base, which would be key to responding to any conflict in the Asia-Pacific region. It says that the Air Force's, the Chinese Air Force's 2 and 15 second video, set to solemn dramatic music like a trailer for a Hollywood movie, shows H-6 bombers taking off from a desert base. The video is called The God of War, H-6K, goes on the attack. Halfway through, a pilot presses a button and looses, a, looses off a missile, at an unidentified seaside runway. The missile homes in on the runway, as a satellite image of which is shown, that looks exactly like the layout of Anderson. The music suddenly stops as the images of the ground shaking appear, following by aerial views of an explosion. Quote, We are the defenders of the motherland's aerial security. We have the confidence and the ability to always defend the security of the motherland's skies. The Air Force, Scott, the Air Force wrote in a brief description on the video. So they're training. China is training. They're intensifying. This is what I mean by fifth generational warfare. 
So we don't have to worry about trolls, agents, or shills, or anything like that. We're aware of cultural subversion, of ideological intervention. It's a very real thing. I know people don't want to think about it. They don't want to break it down. They can't see it. They can't comprehend it. That doesn't mean that it's not real. Half the time when I find myself just like listening to some of these episodes, I'm like, my God, this stuff sounds crazy. I sound like a madman. I, I, I feel like I sound like a madman, but that's because of how crazy the times are. If you were to tell me a couple years ago that China would be manipulating Americans through the Internet to, have, to basically have them kill themselves, I'd be like, no, dude, there's no way that can happen. But here we are talking about how China-owned TikTok is having people throw their babies off camera and then twerk. <laughs> it's just, and it's like, what? This is where we're at. And then again, talking about China funding Black Lives Matter, one of the, one of the supposed most prominent pro-black organizations in America. It's like, explain that to me. And now, here's another thing to blow your mind. This is this 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 has popped up in the news and hardly got any attention because people don't want to touch it. Right here. Chinese consulate directed NYPD officer who was charged with spying for China. This is an article written by Frank Fang. He put this up September twenty second. It's by the Epoch Times. And it says that a New York police department police department officer's arrest has placed a spotlight on how the Chinese consulate seeks to infiltrate and influence local dissident communities. And forgive me if I pronounce his name wrong. It says, By Mejide Ang Wang, a 33-year-old ethnic Taiban and naturalized U.S. citizen, was arrested on federal charges for allegedly acting as an illegal agent for Beijing. And before I continue reading this, so over the couple of past weeks, we've talked about how China has access to our power grid, Right? How they have been producing movies that are anti American. We are now talking about them funding Black Lives Matter, and we're now beginning to talk about them infiltrating our police department. We're not even talking about whether or not this was a bio attack, COVID 19, from China. And when Trump had, whenever Trump said, hey, you guys got to be held accountable for this, I'm not going to let you just release a virus on the world and go about your, 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 your day hunky dory, people come at Trump. So you've got to understand, again, the cultural subversion and the ideological intervention that we're talking about. Antifa is, is, is not new. They are a, a, a pre-existing problem that has been exacerbated and found this particular, these particular issues to come out on. You see what I'm saying? The infiltration is very strong. The misinformation is very strong. It's a very, very sophisticated game that we're talking about, and it's finally coming out there into the surface. Uh, but let's get back into this right here. It says federal investigators found that he was feeding intelligence to the Chinese consulate in New York City, including the activities of ethnic Tibetans in the New York area. He also developed intelligence sources within Tibetan communities and helped consular, consular officials gain access to senior NYPD officials through invitations to NYPD events, according to the federal prosecutors. Ang Wang was charged for acting as an illegal agent for China, committing wire fraud, making false statements, and obstructing an official proceeding. He is being held without bail. This completely, uh, this, this just popped up to me as I was reading this. More evidence of communist, infiltra- of communist Chinese infiltration. Look at Dr. Charles Lieber, right? The, 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 the professor from Harvard. 
who got caught smuggling biological materials. He had two Chinese, two communist Chinese party agents posing as if they were his students, collecting information, sending it back to China. That's that's again just what I mean by like that 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 infiltration. And so when Trump shuts down things like the the Confucius Institution, he's shutting down different ways for them to carry out this cultural subversion and this ideological intervention. Uh, but let me get back into this. It says that Ang Wang was charged. It says if convicted on all these charges, he faces up to 55 years of imprisonment, according to the DOJ. Though ethnically Tibetan, court documents show that Ang Wang's loyalty lies with the Chinese regime. In a 2018 conversation with his handler at the consulate, he described himself as a, quote, asset of the regime. Since the Chinese Communist Party invaded the Tibetan region, it has severely suppressed local customs and the Tibetan Buddhist practices. Many Tibetans have fled persecution in China, and thousands have settled in New York City. It's very true. Um, Uyghur uh, Muslims are being taken to either thought transformation camps, re-education centers, slave, slave labor camps, or they're killed. And so having Tibetans, because you also have Christians in China as well who are experiencing the same type of persecution, having Tibetans leave China to come here, fleeing that religious persecution is a real thing. But to only think that they're going to be, but to, but, to, but to be confronted by somebody acting as their friend who's only reporting on them back home, it's a ter- terrible, terrible things. Terrible, terrible thing. Oh, but it says Dorji Setson, executive director of the Students for a Free Tibet and a New York-based advocacy group, said in a statement that the, quote, case should be a wake-up call for all of our leaders at the federal, state, and local level about the alarming depth and the reach of China's espionage operations. He added that, quote, Tibetans have long known the Chinese government is spying on our communities, even in a free country like the United States, and this incident shows the links to which Beijing would go to undermine the Free Tibet movement, which believes in political separation between China and Tibet. And it goes on to talk about his background. It says that Ang Wang's family has an extensive ties to both the Chinese Communist Party and the Chinese military, the People's Liberation Army, and more. According to the criminal complaint, his father has retired from the PLA, while his mother is a retired Chinese government official. Meanwhile, his brother is currently a PLA reservist. His parents are also members of the CCP, and their three family members live in China. Court documents did not indicate where in China. It says before his arrest, Ang Wang was assigned to the NYPD's Community Affairs Unit, serving as a liaison to a portion of Queen's service by the, 11, by the 111th Precinct. It says Ang Wang began acting, as a, acting at the direction and control of officials at the Chinese consulate in New York since at least 2014, according to the DOJ. His handler at the consulate was believed to be assigned to the, quote, China Association for Prevention or Preservation and, De- and Development of Tibetan Culture, a division of China's United Front Work Department. It basically, it, it, they're basically talking about, again, <laughs> subversion, acting as if they are your friends, but they're only here to subvert and control and manipulate your progress. But the fact that it's happening, like, on a communal level, that you have NYPD officers infiltrating the community, acting as if they're your friends. That's crazy. That's beyond contact tracing. That's beyond it. You know, I had a, somebody ask me how to infiltrate Antifa. 
how to infiltrate Antifa and that type of uh, opposition investigation is very, very difficult. You're talking about double agent style stuff, and that's exactly what Ang Wang was doing. That's what Dr. Charles Lieber was doing. That's what a lot of these people who were blowing the whistle on China are doing. They are having to live a double life. And I'm not over here trying to bash the Communist Party. I'm not over here trying to bash China. But I am trying to talk about how we are being infiltrated. How we are being infected. How we are being invaded. It is a real thing. If I think about this, guys. NYPD officer charged with spying for China. This isn't this isn't Jeff Bezos, right? This isn't this isn't Mark Zuckerberg. This isn't Elon Musk. This isn't the technocrats working with China. Tim Cook. No, this is the NYPD. This isn't Harvard smuggling biological materials. This is the NYPD. And what else do you think they're having him do? And so I got to make this 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 quick statement as well. You got to think about this. These are the people that are in control. These are the people that are at top. If they have already sold us out to China, the Constitution means nothing to them. The Bill of Rights means nothing to them. Their own legacy and children and more mean nothing to them. So what do you think your life means to them? A lot of these people who have already sold out their country, their community, their family and their legacy, these are going to be the first ones who are going to be lined up against the wall and shot because you can't trust traitors. You can't. But this is this is this is what's happening. So it may seem bad, but this is a good thing. The same way that we're we're, we're figuring out who's funding Black Lives Matter, who's funding Antifa, who's funding these riots. All of this stuff has to be brought to the surface because we cannot continue to live with such corruption. We ourselves will be corrupted. And so to answer the person's question of how to infiltrate Antifa, don't worry about infiltrating them. They will, they will blow up. They'll blow up and then we'll have to deal with, the, with their children. That's what we'll have to monitor. And so that's the next landscape you see. Because things are so crazy these days. I don't think people can truly comprehend it. Again, the White House siege is having no press right now. Fifth, gen fifth generational warfare, psychological warfare, emotional warfare, you know, uh, 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 biological warfare, financial warfare, legal warfare. I'm, I'm, I'm probably missing a couple as well. You have to understand our adversaries and what, what's happening. Because it's not even China that we're bashing. It's the powers behind China who's, who's blowing them up so that they can become this economic power to devastate us as such. You got to think, before we had COVID-19, we were in a trade war with China. Sure would be a shame if we were to have some type of devastating event such as this that would also disrupt our economy. But you see, my friends, most people can't even see past black and white, let alone uh, geopolitical structures and the powers behind them. You see, this is why we are here. And this is why we have to stand up for these things. But again, speaking of standing up, and I mentioned it before we went on that, that, that jag, uh, earlier this week, President Trump addressed the United Nations saying that we got to hold China accountable. Some, somebody's got to hold China accountable. These people over here are on another tip, and we can't have them running rampant. 
I'll, I'll, I'll mention this and I'll read this quick post that comes from uh, Just the News, not the noise. There is an article that I have saved in my little RSS feeder that talks about because you just heard President Xi Jinping say, "Oh, I don't want to. I don't want hegemony." That's what he said. He said, "Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to take over things." What? There's an article that I had saved over here, right there from Prepare for Change. It's by Derek Naus, and it talks about China's intent on destroying America. And I'm going to read to you just a little bit of some of what is said. Okay, before I read about Donald Trump holding China accountable, and I'll get this clip out of here, out of the way, so you guys know I'm not reading from that. They put this up uh, September 16th. It's by Derek Naus, Prepare for Change, and it says, uh, "It says in two successive articles, I'm going to highlight some quotes and relate the material back to the present-day relationship between China and the United States." It says, "For another report on another day." I firmly believe that when, if not if, the Red Dawn invasion of the United States commences, the Chinese will be among the invading armies. That is why the Chinese-controlled Hollywood forces that produces the producers of the remake of the of the Red Dawn 2012 to change the identity of the invading forces from Chinese to North Korean. I believe this. I believe that the script hit too close to home. It says, recently, the Chinese Communist Party conducted an online survey conducted by Senate.Command. One of the key questions that they asked was the following. It said, quote, will you shoot at women? Will you shoot at women, children, and prisoners of war? More than 80% of the respondents answered in the affirmative, exceeding by far our expectations as expressed by the Chinese defense minister. General Wei went on to say that this, quote, the central, entry, the central issue of this survey appears to be whether or not one would shoot at women, children, and the prisoners of war. But its real significance goes far beyond that. Ostensibly, our nation is mainly, the, mainly to figure out what the Chinese people's attitude towards war is. If these future soldiers do not hesitate to kill even non-combatants, they'll naturally be doubt, doubtfully ready and ruthless in killing combatants. Therefore, the, response, the responses to the survey questions may reflect the general attitude people have towards war. The purpose of the CCP Central Committee is conducting this survey is to probe people's minds. We wanted to know if China's global development will necessitate massive deaths in enemy, in enemy countries. Will our people endorse that scenario? Will they be for or against it? And then it goes on. To talk a, a, a lot about what they're doing, uh, their up their expansion. Um, like guys, my God, I'm trying to control myself. But listen to this. Listen to this right here. It talks about the Chinese model for expansion is based upon the Nazi Germany, with one exception. It says that it is clear from Wei's remarks that the Chinese are going to follow Hitler's regime plan, with one exemption. They fully plan a tightened control over media and social media, the Google-based social credit score system, and they plan state-sponsored dom domination and brainwashing of the schools. It says, when we decide to revitalize, the China, revitalize China based on the German model, we must not repeat the same mistakes they made. Specifically, the following are the fundamental causes for the defeat of Germany and Japan. First, they had too many enemies all at once, as they did not adhere to the principles of eliminating enemies one at a time. Second, they were too impetuous. 
tackling the patience and the perseverance, or lacking the patience and the perseverance required for great accomplishments. Third, when the time came for them to be ruthless, they turned out to be too soft, therefore leaving troubles that resurfaced later on. This statement made by the Chinese defense minister should send chills up and down the spines of every American. I'll put the link for this in the description bar below because it was a powerful epi- it was a, it was a powerful readout, man. Some of the ethnic things they talk about is pretty crazy too. Uh, about them having a culture that spans millions and millions of years, and how us with our crappy two year two hundred two hundred year plus American history, how we ain't crap, and how. China has like rich, rich history and how they're going to take over. Like here, I'll, I'll, I'll just read this and then I'll get into the other one. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to go on a, on a ramp. It says that the Chinese view themselves as the master race on the planet. The Chinese view Americans as pretty much everyone else with contempt. They believe that they and they alone are the master race and are entitled to rule the planet. This is the Chinese version of the Americans 19th century manifest destiny. It says, we can assert that we are the product of of cultural roots of more than a million years, civilizations and progress of more than 10,000 years, an ancient nation of 5,000 years, and a single Chinese entity of 2,000 years. This is the Chinese nation that calls itself, quote, descendants of Yang and Wang, the Chinese nation that we are so proud of. Hitler's Germany had once bragged that the German race was the most superior race on earth, but the fact is... Our nation is far superior to the Germans. During our long history, our people have disseminated throughout the Americas and the regions along the Pacific Rim, and they became Indians and American in the Americas and the East Asian ethnic groups in the South Pacific. We all know that on account of our national superiority during the thriving and prosperous Tang Dynasty, our civilization was at the peak of the world. We were at the center of the world civilization and no other civilization in the world was comparable to ours later on because of our complacency narrow-mindedness and the self-enclosure of our own country we were surpassed by western civilization and the center of the world shifted to the west and i'll put the rest of that there if you guys want to read on to it it's very very powerful but it's them breaking down how they get their people ready for this type of conflict my god and so when you have Trump, to, to bring it back to present day, when you have Trump criticizing China, saying the UN has to hold them accountable, he's saying, hey, you cannot let these people do this type of stuff, infect the world with such chaos, and go on. You're not hearing what these people are saying. They don't want peaceful coexistence. They do want hegemony. So, so President Xi Jinping saying, we don't want a clash of civilization, that's a lie. And it may not be now, it may not be under Trump, it may not be under Biden, it may not be in the next five years, but this is where we're talking. This is, this is the landscape of the future. And you can bet, uh, the same way that I'm breaking down Dr. Charles Lieber, uh, um, Charles Lieber from TikTok to all the other ways that we've been infiltrated, it's very, it's very blatant, and they're already doing it. Too many enemies all at once, taking them out one at a time, converting them to communism. Like I said earlier in the transmission, they are already in Africa just doing more economic development. But here, let me get into this article. Trump criticized China with virtual nation, United Nations address, says that the UN must hold China accountable. This comes from Brianna Kramer over there at Justin News. They put this up September 23rd, and it says President Trump in a United Nations address on Tuesday 
took aim at China for a wide range of concerns, including the country's handling of the coronavirus, human rights concerns, and even the China's record, the record on environmental pollution. Quote, We have waged a fierce battle against the, invi the invisible enemy, the China virus, which has claimed countless lives in 188 countries, Trump said in a pre-record speech for the 75th meeting of the International Bodies General Assembly session. Quote, the United Nations must hold China accountable for their actions. The assembly session is a all virtual this year because of the coronavirus. It said Trump claimed that the World Health Organization is, quote, virtually controlled by China and said that the group, which is part of the UN and the ruling Communist Chinese Party, spread false information. It says, quote, if the United Nations is to be an effective organization, it must focus on the real problems of the world, the president also said, quote, this includes terrorism, the oppression of women, forced labor, drug trafficking, human and sex trafficking, religious persecution, and the ethnic cleansing of religious minorities. And that's precisely what China engages in. From the burning of churches to uh, the enslaving of religious, not necessarily religious fanatics, but people who actually care about their God. I mean, we've, we've talked about this here on the show. Thought transformation centers where they take what they consider religious extremists. So when we're breaking down the fifth generational warfare, and when you read some of the words of, like we were reading right there, the Chinese Defense Secretary, you have to understand what I mean by ideological intervention and cultural subversion. No borders, no walls, no USA at all. The Communist Chinese Party funding Black Lives Matter, the idea to destroy the nuclear family. What is the one-child one? What is the one-child policy out there in China? You've got to understand the sophistication of this, the values that we have, the Western values that we have, the Christian Western values that we have, are what got us this far. And I am not doubting China's like cultural legacy. It is it is definitely impressive, and it is a beautiful one for sure. But it is the Western values that have us having these conversations over here, and so this is that class of civilizations. And this is where we're at. <laughs> and it, it is so crazy just to see things intensify week after week. Like some of this stuff is so hardcore. Not even some of it. All of this stuff is so hardcore. It is historic. Week after week. And so cultural subversion, ideological intervention. You have people... Uh, uh, like I said, being paid off to destroy their own future. Traitors who have no problem burning their own life away. And I can't help but think that's exactly what this is, which leads me to my next article and somewhat final topic for this segment. Six accused of committing arson in Oregon amid rash of wildfires. Another article from the Epoch Times written by Zachary Steiber, putting up September 21st. And it basically talks about Six people being caught setting the fires. I can't help but think, is this Antifa? Joe Rogan basically had to come out and say, oh, shucks, guys, it looks like this is, I got the stories wrong. You didn't get the stories wrong. You knew this is what this was. They had to play, they, they had to cover it up because the same thing was going on out there in California. We ran a survey on the page. And for the next two days, my inbox was lit up with DMs. We ran a survey on the page. Was it arson? Was it climate change? Was it directed energy weapons? Was it a gender reveal party? 
People know that it's arson. People know that it's the directed energy weapon. They know that it's a combination. And then what happened? You have Governor Gavin Newsom of California coming out saying, oh, this is climate change. We're going to ban, we're going to ban cars. You see the sophistication? So not only do you have runaway terrorists and arsonists being, being funded by foreign, by foreign interests, you have them being uh, uh, greenlit and scapegoated. You're, you're, you're having this behavior just allowed by governors and city officials and media. Let me get into this. It says at least six men have been arrested on arson charges for allegedly starting fires in Oregon since July. It says wildfires are burning millions of acres on the West Coast, forcing, forcing the evacuation of tens of thousands of families, decimating a number of small towns, and leading to the deaths of dozens. Domingo Lopez Jr., 45, was arrested on September 14th after allegedly lighting seven brush fires in Multnomah County this month. It says Lopez was, arrest, was released after allegedly starting one of the fires, but was being held on a police officer hold for a mental health evaluation after allegedly setting six more. The fires were quickly put out. Another man was arrested in Clackamas County for setting fires on a, on for setting leaves on fire about 10 feet from a county building in Oregon City. Officials said it was extinguished before causing any damage. Sammy Piot, 53, was booked on September 11th on arson charges and, and a violation on probation. The transient admitted to setting the fire. Officials said, and it goes on to explain it. And so. Are we, are we dealing with low IQ people? Are we dealing with people that have, who are, who are low functioning, low IQ, who have like the mind of a two-year-old and are out there just doing stuff? If that's the case, who gave these, who gave these arrested developmental in, individuals uh, the tools to go out there and go do this stuff, man? Like, this is what's so crazy. This is what I mean by it being Gotham out there, where you have a bunch of just lunatics doing stuff and not knowing why, because the social contract is broken. Right here, five of, the, five of the six largest California wildfires in history have been started in the past six weeks. An article from the End Times headline says that the staggering statistics keep piling up for California's wildfire session or season. August and September account for four of the five, six biggest fires in nearly 90 years of the recorded history for the state. Now think about this. Who stands, Bono, who stands to benefit from this? Who stands to benefit from them burning down cities? You know, I, I don't talk much about where I'm from, but um, up in the mountains, so to speak, some people have said that some of the Sierra Grande fire that took place was a part of a redevelopment scheme to expand certain parts of the area. And I can't help but think that that's it. When you have Governor, uh, not Jerry Brown, not, not, not Gavin Newsom, but Governor Jerry Brown, the previous governor of California, meeting with President Xi Jinping a couple years ago to discuss climate change. I can't help but think about how there's some secret shady dealings going on there. How you're getting lunatics to burn certain areas so you can redevelop things. I can't help but think about how California is its own nation state, how they have something going, something else going on there. When they're talking about tri-state compacts and uh, breaking off to, to, do, to do, seceding to do their own thing, you have to understand what's going on. Is China brought, did China buy out California? 
do we have to deal with that? If China were to invade, they would come right through New York and they would come right through California with open arms. This is the fifth generation of warfare. The same way that I'm saying every, every time Antifa, Black Lives Matter, Indivisible, and all these other refuse fascism, these people do this, that's at least like a year's worth of rights we have to get back. The same, thing's common, the same thing with these fires, man. The same thing with these drugs. The same thing with all this propaganda. We're going to have to unlearn a lot of the things that we're learning so that we can teach ourselves something new. And when I'm talking about the evolution of warfare and the fifth generational warfare aspect, you've got to look at it from drugs to propaganda to the environment to culturally what you are being taught to embrace. It is much different than you think. And so when you hear... Oh, no borders, no walls, no USA at all. Oh, America was never great America. You need to be very cautious of who's telling you to say that. The same way that I'm very cautious of trusting the plan. You need to be very cautious of what plan to trust. Again, another outlet that's being controlled by China is Reddit. You've got to be very, very cautious of of, of these things. This is the world that's being created. And that's why we have to be ever vigilant. That's why we have to stay vigilant. And that's why we have to be on our toes. But speaking of which, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about, of course, COVID-19. Other insanity that's taking place. Uh, A new bill being introduced in Victoria, Australia, where they're able to detain COVID conspiracy theorists, as well as so-called whistleblowers from COVID-19, snitching on people and making money for doing so. Armed residents confronting COVID-19 testing teams to conduct random blood tests, as well as 9% of Americans having confidence in a COVID-19 vaccine. We'll be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. Forces in this world that remind us of how fragile we are. We thought we were safe. We thought it could never happen to us. Then life like a fog descends upon us, blanketing our memories. Through the haze, we travel its hidden paths, lost in its secret places. And when the storm, turbulent and immovable, forces us to shelter, we remember. It calls to us, calls us back. Back to the ports and the harbors of our past. We fight the currents that pull and drag us off course, not a light or star to chart the way. And when we arrive, we don't always know it at first, the places we once loved guised by time. Then we see it, the place we've been trying to get back to, Safe at last, we've found our way home. 
Welcome back. Welcome back. You know, I was uh, I was talking about how before the show <laughs> it was gonna it was gonna sound like I'm gonna get up here and I'm gonna sound like a grouchy old man because it sounds like I hate everything and I hate everyone and everybody's controlled and everything's blah. And, and I don't like that, because that's definitely not what I'm trying to tell you. You know, I think what has happened for the longest time is people have been in a malaise, a haze. They've been broken down, disillusioned to the future. Disillusioned to their own future. Confused and scared. Apprehensive as to why they need to take a step forward. But I think that's why I'm so charged up these days and why you guys do hear that come off in so many different ways uh, is because it's no longer hidden. A lot of people like to stick their heads in the sand. All that leaves is your keister up and you don't want something to come up behind your keister whenever you're not expecting it. I'll just leave it there. A lot of people aren't used to putting their heads in the sand, but unfortunately you can't. Those days are quickly disappearing, and unless you find 
either a community or a niche or a pocket, some sliver of that normalcy to escape this, you have to embrace it. You have to confront it. You can't run from this because it will find you. The only way to get over it is to go through it. And so when I'm talking about these things, I know people are thinking, shucks, man, this guy sounds like he hates everything and everything's going to crap and you know, uh, it, it's never going to be good. No, things are actually getting a lot better than you think. And, I, and I'm sure that's why some of your relationships are getting more real and more powerful and, and, and have more depth and reach because of what's taking place right here. And so people are accessing dis- different parts of themselves. People are coming into contact with different, again, just different aspects of themselves. And this is forcing them to change. They're no longer putting their heads in the sand. They have to, again, embrace this in order to go through it. And so when I'm preventing, whenever I'm presenting this information to you guys, let that be the understanding. And I'm not saying these things to upset you. I'm saying this to put it in the context so you're aware of who you are and you can make the appropriate decisions so that you're not caught off guard and that you're not afraid. You see, the podcast... <laughs> The podcast is more than a podcast. And that's why I say this relationship we have, my friends, I respect you. And that's why I don't lie to you. I'll say this and I'll start getting into stuff. Earlier this week, I told you guys that I respect you to tell you the truth, my truth. I want to give you that luminiferous ether, that luminiferous fire. I want to be able to give you that truth because... I know you can handle it. I know you're not afraid. I know you're not a coward. I know you're not foolish. I don't insult your intelligence. I give you that full brunt so that you can take it from there. I'm not watering it down for you saying, oh, here you go. You know, there's just some bad people out there and they just really don't like you. You know, so you should just take care of yourself and take care of your vitamins. And No, I'm not doing that. What I'm doing is giving, I'm not giving you names, I'm giving you scenarios, I'm giving you events, I'm giving you issues, I'm giving you things to put together so that you're aware, patterns to pay attention to. Because I'm sure that you are aware of more things outside of that. I'm just trying to do what I can to help. And with that being said, let's start this segment. So last week... (laughs) A Chinese virologist was censored for saying China's government intentionally released COVID-19. We played the clip for you. Tucker Carlson had her on. Dr. Li Minyang talked about how, yeah, no, for sure, it was intentionally released. Intentionally. But why? And this is just to correlate what we were talking about in the previous segment to what's going on now. Um, I remember as soon as the the pandemic happened, President Xi Jinping said that don't worry about this. This is going to be good for our economy. And as he said this, you now see China coming out saying, hey, we have free vaccines. We know that you guys don't trust your own CDC. You don't trust Bill Gates. You don't trust your own government. Well, how about you take these vaccines from China? And so in some weird alchemical twist, the very same people who have provided us with the problem are now beginning to provide us with the solution. Archetypal Hegelian dialectic style stuff. Problem, reaction, solution. Let's get into this. We put this up September 18th. 
comes from Harbinger da- Harbinger's Daily. It says Facebook and other tech giants have engaged in a troubling pattern of censoring speech surrounding major issues in the coronavirus debate. Fox News host Tucker Carlson argued during his Wednesday night monologue. It says Carlson's comments came after Facebook slapped a warning label on the video of his Tuesday interview with Chinese virologist Dr. Li Mingyan, who claimed to have evidence showing China, quote, intentionally released COVID-19 onto the general population. Quote, within a few hours of her interview last night, Carlson said, quote, a video of the segment reached 1.3 million people on Fedbook. And why wouldn't it? The the coronavirus pandemic has touched the life of every American, and justifiably, people want to know where it came from. But Fedbook still doesn't want you to know that. So, Fedbook suppressed the video, presumably on behalf of the Chinese government. Fedbook executives made it harder for users to watch our segment. Those who found the video had to navigate a warning that the interview, quote, repeats information about COVID-19 that independent fact-checkers say is false. Instagram, which Fedbook also owns, did the same thing. Twitter suspended Dr. Yan's account entirely. It did not explain why, nor did the tech companies explain how they would know more about the disease transmission than an MD, PhD virologist like Dr. Li Min Yang. Instead, Fedbook and Instagram linked to three so-called fact-checkers, which supposedly proved Yan was lying. (laughs) It's true. uh, We could do this right now. I can go find her on the page, and you can see them live time trying to fact check me, saying that Dr. Lee Min, that Dr. Yan uh, is a liar. Yeah, I'm trying to do it right now. But the thing that I have a problem with, if you want the truth, is who are these independent fact checkers? Who are these people that are paid to say that? And I'm supposed to trust three fact-checkers who just say, oh, no, it's not true. I, I'm going to need a little bit more uh, convincing than just uh, three shadowy people that I'm supposed to agree with or three shadowy independent organizations that I'm supposed to believe in. Yeah, no. Good luck with that. I'm trying to find you guys that quick clip of, the, of Dr. Lee Yang, Lee Min Yang, uh, and I think they deleted it. <laughs> I think as I am trying to oh nope they found it right here Chinese virologists China made it and they turned it loose do we have time for all the for, for these shenanigans as we begin to talk about COVID control we don't have time to watch it in its entirety I'll put the link for that in the description bar below I guess I have to eat crow the six minute clip is on our Instagram TV and it has Dr. Li Ming Yang uh, explaining that China did intentionally release it. I thought that they would have the sensor, the fact-checking sensor thingy on it, but it, it, apparently not. I have to eat crow. Sorry, that was me being uh, arrogant and boastful. Sorry, team. But no, that's not the case. You can find that link in the description bar below. I'll put it there for you guys just in case you want to take a look at it. Uh, but more on the COVID control. We'll come back to this as well. More on the COVID control some of the stuff that is getting out of control is this video of police dragging a man out of a school board meeting for not wearing a mask. It says a video out of South Dakota shows a man being dragged by police out of a school board meeting because he is not wearing a mask. Are you serious? 
Crazy. And for our audio listeners, I'll describe it for you. They're just getting you guys used to this. Just getting you guys used to people being removed from society because they're not abiding by these arbitrary laws, these edicts. Yeah, you're going to have to tase me. You're going to make, yes, you're going to have to drag me out. This is what you are doing. At that point, you're sowing discord within our communities at every level. Yeah. It's disgusting. Do you harass your clients when when they're at your restaurant to put on masks, sir? Do you harass them? Sir. We're not we're not gonna argue. Do you? At this point Crazy. at this point you could be facing additional charges of other charges if you don't if you don't Yeah, he says I uh I get it. He says this is what you're doing. You're sowing discord within our communities at every level. It's disgusting. This is this is completely absurd and they know that. Well, I don't even want to watch it. I'm sorry, gang. If you guys want to watch it, you can find that link on the description bar or in the episode article. But you're literally seeing a man stand up for not only his rights, but yours as well. You're traumatizing children by having them put on the mask. You're so you're sowing discord and dissent by doing this. And so by simply standing up for his rights, for other people's rights, by not wanting to engage in the chicken dance and put on the mask, he's being detained. And you can bet that he's being watched and monitored somewhere on some list that this guy is a part of the this man engages in COVID dissent. Right here, check this out. Victorian government pushes new bill to detain coronavirus conspiracy theorists. An article by Nima Harris over there at Newspunch. They put this up September 19th. It says people who refuse to self-isolate face being detained under a proposed new law in Victoria, Australia. And before we get into this, let's just let's just think about this. What we're actually talking about here. That because you don't want to wear the mask, because you don't want to engage in the chicken dance, you could be detained. You could be thrown away. You could be disappeared. And this is what people are calling for. This is this is the insanity. This is that that branch COVIDism. So it's, in, instead of that, what I'm going to do is pull up the clip of that gentleman being detained while I read this. So our audio listeners, you can't see this, uh, but for our video listeners, you have a show. Like I said, uh, we put this up September 9th or September 18th. It comes from Nima Harris over there, News Punch. And it says people who refuse to self-isolate face being detained under a new proposed law in Victoria, Australia. It says the Victorian government are able to debate a new bill in the state parliament which would give authorities sweeping powers to forcibly detain, quote, high-risk coronavirus spreaders. 
you can believe that would be this individual not wearing a mask. It says anyone deemed as high risk by health authorities could be forcibly detained under the, under the draconian new powers, including conspiracy theorists and anti-lockdown protesters along with their close contacts. Cauldron Pool reports that if passed, the Omnibus Bill, the Emergency Measures Bill, will allow the state to detain anyone they suspect of being, quote, high risk or likely to be negligent spreading COVID-19, either if they have the virus or have been in contact with an infected person. I guess cops are immune to COVID-19 because they're always touching people. It says, according to The Age, a state government spokesperson said that the rule could be applied to conspiracy theorists who refuse to self-isolate or severely drug-affected or mentally impaired people who don't have the capacity to quarantine. It says those detained could be placed in quarantine facilities such as hotels where they can be monitored by authorities. On Sunday, police fined 200 people and made 74 arrests during an anti-lockdown protest in Melbourne. Could this bill lead to mass force quarantining of similar anti-lockdown protesters? Will the legislation result in anti-lockdown protesters being deemed high risk of spreading the virus, resulting in forced attainment and mandatory quarantining of their family members, work, colleagues, and close friends? This is the true police state. You want to talk about an overreach of powers, this is it right here. You want to talk about tyranny, you want to talk about fascism, is this right here? Tasing people. I, there's, a, there's a video over there on the Free Thought Project, they put this up. A video of a mother being tased at a football game for not wearing a mask by cops who aren't wearing the mask the right way. This is the lunacy, because it's, not, it's no longer about actual virus protection, it's not public health. This is martial law. This is martial law. This is the police state. This is true fascism and authoritarianism. Check this out. You want to hear something else that's crazy? Right here. Melbourne police surround and arrest two elderly women resting on a park bench for the COVID violation. What are two elderly women going to do? If anything, shouldn't you be trying to take care of them? They might have comorbidity factors. Shouldn't you want to take care of these ladies? But you see, that's what I'm saying. It's not about public health. It's about enforcement. It's about subjugation. It's about submission. It's about control. This comes from Zero Has. They put this up September 21st. It says, quote, Victoria police have lost all common sense. One Australian eyewitness quipped upon posting a video showing police telling a 38-week pregnant woman she can't sit down due to coronavirus and social distancing enforcement measures. So this isn't this isn't Zoe, the pregnant uh, anti-lockdown protesters that we played over here who was arrested, but this is another pregnant woman. Because it's, it's, it's not about public health. You would think, hey, shouldn't shouldn't you protect this child? This isn't a TikTok trend. We're not throwing our child off camera. We're trying to protect our baby. The cops are like, nah, get that baby out of here. Get that baby out of here. Let's play the clip. You guys might not be able to hear it in its entirety, uh, but let's, let's, let's play the clip and then we'll continue on. I don't think you guys can hear it. 
but it's pretty far. What's so crazy is one of those cops just came up and grabbed that lady's phone and snatched it out of her hands. Thugs. Straight thugs, bro. It says, it's one of the many recent viral videos that come out of Australia's southeast state of Victoria, home to Melbourne, showing, showing absurd, quote, crackdowns by police for alleged coronavirus policy violators. Quote, as a pregnant woman, I can't sit in the park. The incredulous woman whose story was covered widely in local media asked a couple, asked a couple of officers who harassed her. Apparently not, because of COVID. Quote, you can only be out of your house for one of four reasons, the officer responded. One of those reasons would be exercise. Sitting in a park is not one of those four reasons. The woman reasoned, quote, so I'm pregnant, and obviously my exercise is limited because I have to walk. I'm puffed out. I'm now puffed out because I'm 38 weeks pregnant, so I can't even sit in a park. Is that right? Quote, you can only be out for one of the four reasons, the officer asserted, explaining that her designated one hour of exercise outdoors still includes certain restrictions, as if free citizens are under a prison regime. It, it, or a prison regiment. It says, but the but, but the above scene, which unfolded earlier this month, is nothing compared to the to another recent moment caught on video of police surrounding two ladies resting on a park bench in Melbourne. The Daily Mail reported that quote five officers swarmed two elderly women sitting on a park bench earlier this month. This one made national media in Australia and is still going viral across the world after it happened during the first week of September. Here's how the national scene. Here's how the national news source news.com.au described the scene unfold. It says dramatic footage has captured a bizarre standoff between five police officers and two elderly women sitting on a Melbourne Park bench. The video posted on, two, on, on posted to YouTube on Sunday showed the officers surrounding the two women as one of them firmly said, "No, I'm not standing up. On what grounds am I under arrest? This is unlawful." This is unlawful. But that's the thing. Cops don't care about lawful. They don't care. You see, they just want any kind of excuse to kick you in the teeth. You see, because the economy is going down for them, too. They got bills to pay, too. They see the, they see the defund the police movement as well. But they've got to get those numbers up. Oh, they've got to, they still have to report. And so it's not about COVID. It's not about public health. It's about control. It's about submission. It's about subjugation. You see? And so now that we're literally six months into this, like, like, like literally next month, it's going to be like a year that we're still doing this, this, this tomfoolery. You now have reports coming out saying that, you know, China really could have stopped this. You know, if, if 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 China working with the World Health Organization were a little bit more clear, we would have been able to get through this. There's a new congressional report out that says that China and the World Health Organization could have helped prevent the global pandemic. That's right. Yeah. If they were honest. Shucks, if only China were honest. And so when Donald Trump is like, we need to hold these guys accountable. We cannot let them go. We're decoupling. They're not getting any more of our money. We need to put them on notice. Y'all need to stop this. America's over. Uh, infected America's like, oh my God. Can you believe he said that? He's calling it the China virus. Wow, what a racist. You believe this guy? It's like, listen here, you Mountain Dew drinking, monster chugging, donut whorfing, burger consuming, degenerate pill uh, pill popping scumbag. 
you need to stop reading being you, you need to stop being programmed and you need to think for yourself you need to understand what we're talking about here and so now that we are a couple of months past COVID-19 now have information coming out where they're admitting that this all could have been prevented the same way that I've been explaining this comparing COVID-19 to 9-11 right that we're in World Trade Tower 7 the socioeconomic implications of this this all could have been prevented but that's how you know it's a part of a plan it's a part of a great plan it's a part of the great reset but let me get into this this comes from Sophie Mann from just the just the news not the noise they put this up September 21st. It says the House Committee on Foreign Affairs is set, to, is set Monday to release an audit report on actions perpetrated by China and the World Health Organization at the beginning of the global pandemic. It says the report, written by, Democrat, or, or, by Republican members of the Democrat-led committee, states that, quote, beyond doubt, the Chinese Communist Party, quote, actively engaged in a cover-up, in a cover-up designed to obfuscate data hide relevant public health information, and suppress doctors and journalists who attempted to warn the world, according to news accounts ahead of the release of the report. The 96-page report, or the 96-page documents, alleges that the Chinese government hid data and rid itself of evidence that spoke to the realities of the deadly virus out of Wuhan, in addition to disrupting supply chains by limiting the exports of U.S. companies. Citing a study of, of, of Medrevik's the report purpose, purpose report uh, citing a study out of Med MedRxiv. The report purportedly states that purportedly states that quote research shows the CCP could have reduced the number of cases in China by up to ninety five percent had it fulfilled its obligation under the international law and responded to the outbreak in a manner consistent with best practices. Quote: It is highly likely that the on that the ongoing pandemic could have been prevented. The report also states arguing that the, that had the Chinese Communist Party behaved in a more transparent manner when the first confronted with information about the virus, hundreds of thousands of lives might have been saved. The report also purportedly stated that the WHO, who has been complicit in the spread and normalization of the CCP propaganda and disinformation, and calls upon WHO Director General Tedros Abrasius to resign. Internal WHO documents show organization officials Frustrated by the Chinese government's ongoing refusal to send over data on patients and cases while Dr. Tedros was publicly praising China for its early responses. Yeah, we covered that at the time. That Tedros Cabrasius was basically uh, Xi Jinping's puppet saying, look at how well China's doing. And then information came out about Tedros Cabrasius being like a Communist Party official. I think uh, somewhere in South America... And then more and more stuff came out. So, yeah, no, this is an appropriate report. People need to understand that we all could have been saved the trouble of this, but that this is a highly orchestrated and sophisticated plan that, that, that they wanted to have go through. With things like Event 201, you knew this was going to happen. So, like I said, we're coming up on like a year of having to deal with this, the, the year of the initial outbreak, and people are just now waking up to, who is actually causing it? I mean, we covered it just the other week with you. There, you, you, you've got Pope Francis saying that coronavirus is a manifestation from nature and we are being uh, plagued because of our sins against, against the environment. That's, that's the narrative. This is the misinformation because you don't have people who are paying attention week after week after week after week 
following the money, seeing how it's going down. You see, you have low information voters who are being told to, told to think certain things and do certain things, and that's what they do. You know? But like I said, you don't have people trying to follow the money. And speaking on following the money, this is something crazy too right here. COVID whistleblowers are making money for snitching on those who break the rules. We're all very pro-snitch right now. Like, it's so cool. It's so cool to snitch on your friends. This is, again, more of what, we were, what, what I was reading to you guys while we were playing that video of the individual being removed from the school board meeting from not wearing a mask. They just want you to get used to seeing people disappeared. They want you to get used to seeing targeted arrests. They want you to get used to snitching. They want you to get used to people just, they want, this is the new normal. This is crazy to me. But I guess I can't be surprised because when, when I saw snitch hotlines being created in Kentucky, and then you've got uh, Mayor Garcetti of Los Angeles County saying, snitches, making like a joke on the snitches get stitches rule, but saying snitches get rewards. This is the only thing that could happen next. I mean, and I talked about it earlier this week, too, when I posted uh, the 16 jobs that are growing in a post-pandemic world. Contact tracing is one of the, one of the primary things. We could talk about game development, user interface, website design, um, all kinds of other stuff like that. But the height of, of, of the jobs market right now, the jobs economy, is contact tracing. Let's get into this. It's coming from Paul Joseph Watson. He put this up September 21st. It comes from summit.news. This is a, a Reuters report that describes a quote, that describes as quote, whistleblower students reporting on their classmates for breaking COVID-19 rules also highlights that the authorities are paying them to walk around campuses and, quote, enforce social distancing measures and mask mandates. It says that, quote, as some U.S. colleges students party, others blow the whistle, the report states, noting that some are even making undercover videos of their fellow students disobeying the rules and handing the footage over to school authorities. Snitch asthma. Quote, at the University of Missouri, one senior is posting photos and videos on the University of Missouri Twitter account that shows students gathered in large groups at pools, outside bars, and other places, few of them wearing masks, the report further states. You know, i got to say this real quick. Put a pause in that, because I'm a 90s baby. And we, we've already talked about cops here on the show. <clears throat> growing up, we you know, growing up, we were always told that cops were the kids that got picked last on dodgeball or any type of sport. Like cops were always the kids that got left out of parties. Cops were always the kids that never got invited. And that's exactly what I feel like I'm talking about right here with these COVID-19 whistleblowers. Just the, just the lamos that never got invited to the pool parties or to the barbecues or to the, or, or, you know, or to the dorm room sessions, man. You're getting weirdos strangelings, marginalized people, people on the fringe, to become those social enforcers. So the people who don't engage in normal social activities are becoming the people who are saying, hey, this is normal activity. You're having the Karens mutate into children. And that's kind of sad, man, because I couldn't imagine, like, this is, this is, this is the sad part. You, you imagine being, like, 19... 18, fresh out of your mom's house, fresh out of your dad's house. You know, you, 
you're, you're on your own, you're, you're by yourself, like, got a couple bucks in your pocket, you're out there trying to, like, score and have a good time, find some hot chick, and then some lame ass from your biochem class sees you without your mask and then reports you to not the cops, but to the school authorities. So you have, like, a, rock, a, a, a great time, you know, you finally find that chick, you bring her back to your dorm room, and then... You get a knock on your door. It's the campus police. You're like, yo, what's going on? I'm, I'm in the <laughs> I'm in the middle of something. The campus police are like, hey, were you not wearing a mask during this time frame? And then you're like, what are you talking about? They play footage of you, and it's the snitch that didn't get invited. I could not imagine trying to play that level of sophistication right now, and having to be that level of smart, suave, and all that. But that's me, and I can guarantee you that there are other kids who are becoming smarter than me and figuring out how to do that because of everything we're talking about here. It's just kind of crazy to think about that. Uh, people reporting on fellow students for basically having a good time. Continuing on, it says that, quote, The university has a form on its website where violations of the school's COVID-19 guidelines can be anonymously reported by posting on Twitter. Adds, quote, a different level of accountability. The whistleblower snitch commented. The university has expelled or suspended several students stemming from tattling, according to the article. The Reuters report continues. Some schools, like the University of Miami, are actually paying students to enforce COVID-19 rules. At Miami, 75, quote, public health ambassadors are making $10 an hour to walk around campuses and make sure that people wear masks and are socially distanced. Serious infractions can be flagged to university administrators. Austin Pert, an ambassador and Miami senior, said that people generally comply with his requests, but Pert acknowledged the program has limitations. Most violations do not take place during the day on university grounds. Some students are fully on board with snitching, seeing it as an opportunity to get ahead of other students. Ed Kellerman, a BU senior, said he would, be, he would not hesitate, he would not hesitate, to anonymously report a party, calling it a matter of life or death for Boston residents near campus. Kellerman said reporting parties also increases the odds of completing the academic year on campus. Quote, we're all very pro-snitch right now. Like, it's super cool, Kellerman said. Quote, no one wants to get sent home, so we're all snitching on each other. That's that COVID-1984 logic. Does that make sense to you? We're all, we're all very pro-snitch right now. It's a good thing. We need to snitch on each other. It's how we don't get sent home. It's like, do you hear yourself right now, my boy? You're sa like, what do you think snitching's gonna do? You you start snitching on people. The hell you think that's gonna do? They're not saving nobody. You think just because you're censoring people, you think you're saving people? Just because you're snitching on people, you're not doing anything. You're hurting people. We're all very pro snitch right now. Oh my God, I would strangle the life out of somebody if I heard them say that. Again, maybe it's my upbringing, child of the 90s, snitches get stitches, you know, that type of stuff. It doesn't make sense. But this is, again, some of that multi-generational warfare, right? Because we were talking about it at the start of the show, sitting out the academics and the hardworking people, the blue-collar people versus the academics out there in the streets. Guess what your children are watching? Your children are watching saying, well, I guess I'll snitch on mommy when she comes home. This is that multi-generational warfare that you've really got to understand. But again, more of the insanity surrounding COVID-19, I think that this is 
you got to forgive me. I don't have a word. Um, right here, armed residents confront COVID-19 testing teams conducting door-to-door, random door-to-door blood tests. We talked about this just last week, how in Houston they were going to begin conducting these random blood tests. I think that's crazy. So we're already talking about disappearing people, blood tests, contact tracing, snitching on folks. This is crazy. This comes from Matt Agarist over there at the Free Time Project, but they reposted it at the Sons of Liberty Media. They put this up September 22nd, and it says, In states across the country, health departments are launching COVID-19 antibody testing surveys. The stated goal of these surveys is to better understand how many people in the region have previously had COVID-19. As part of the initiatives, teams of health officials, paramedics, and even of even members of the fire department are being dispatched across cities nationwide and going to random, ho- random homes. Very dangerous. When they visit a random home, they ask the resident to answer some survey questions and give a blood sample. This is, the, this is to determine a number of people who have been infected in the past. In Minnesota, tests like the one mentioned above are also taking place. Health officials are conducting random tests, random testing of households in 180 communities across Minnesota as part of a survey to better understand the spread of COVID-19. The Minnesota study, like the ones being carried out in other cities, is being done with the help of the Federal Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Both the blood sample and the survey are entirely voluntary and no one is being forced to submit anything against their will. Testing like this will most certainly add a benefit to understanding the infection rate and the spread of the virus, and the fact that it is voluntary makes it that much more acceptable. That being said, however, given the government's track record throughout history, even voluntary measures like this one have opened the door for abuse. A group of citizens in Minnesota have taken notice, and apparently are also taking up arms, in an effort to deter it. According to Pioneer Press, a team of state and federal health workers were recently confronted by armed residents when they were conducting random coronavirus testing in communities across Minnesota. The incident came to light after at least two Twin City area police departments posed an e- posted an email from the Minnesota Department of Health on their social media accounts. Quote, the households are randomly selected so examiners will be knocking on doors, the message says. Quote, I am sending this email because a team of MDH and CDC examiners was recently confronted by a group of armed citizens while out in a neighborhood. When confronted by the armed group, the team simply turned around and walked away and were not followed. <laughs> according, to the sp- <laughs> according to the spokesperson, quote, the incident was unfortunate. Julie Bartke, a spokeswoman for the Minnesota Department of Health, said to the Pioneer Press, quote, the team did the right thing by leaving and notifying their site study site coordinator on the situation quote the vast majority of neighborhoods have been friendly but we will continue to monitor for concerns as we move through different areas of the state bartke said it could have been a simple misunderstanding a simple misunderstanding we simply don't know while confronting health department officials conducting covid19 surveys seems a bit extreme the fact of the matter is that the united states is the last entity to trust when it comes to studying or to conducting studies Back in 2017, FEMA, quote, inadvertently exposed 10,000 firefighters, paramedics, and other responders to a deadly form of ryacin during a simulated bioterrorism response session. In 2015, it was discovered that an army lab had been, quote, mistakenly shipping deadly anthrax to labs and defense contractors for at least a decade. So, while the armed... (laughs) 
residents may not have been directly trying to confront the COVID-19 contact tracers, they did indeed act as a deterrent. And I think that's one thing that needs to be stated above all else. They respect the guns, or at least they fear what they might happen. And so as we were talking about briefly uh, the misappropriation of funds and more, I only want to mention this in passing, uh, but hundreds of millions of tax dollars meant for COVID supplies went directly to defense contractors instead. Yeah, people like Ray at the Yawn, Lockheed Martin, all this other stuff, they definitely got huge boosts, Rolls Royces, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. A, Miss a Mississippi power plant got an upgrade. Like there's a lot that went on there. That's the misappropriation of funds. Yeah. So let's take a step back because I, I, I want to begin to kind of close this out. I'm not sure I want to talk about um, I'm not sure I want to talk about a couple of things, but what I want to bring to your attention as we talk about snitching, contact tracing, the potentiality to disappear people, and more uh, guns being used as a deterrent to stop blood-drawing surveys, I think that's the real problem that I have in the first place, is the fact that we're, we're, we're normalizing this type of behavior, um, that privacy is becoming something archaic quote that comes to mind is hearing Mark Zuckerberg kind of laugh at the concept of, 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 of privacy, you know, and I, and I had posted a video in our Instagram live that you guys can go find. It's on Brighteon, but it's of Mike Adams basically interviewing somebody that was a part of that type of survey, you know, and she made a, a, a fantastic point talking about how her dissidence she knows is being noted. So whether or not those individuals were able to deter getting a blood sample, they may send these people back with law enforcement. And so what happens when we don't want to be a part of this great experimentation, this great data collection that's taking place? Like biometric, biometric data and facial recognition surveillance is a real thing. But whenever you're talking about having your blood drawn, oh, for the sake of COVID, uh, something about that just doesn't feel right to me. And I feel like I should have the ability to say, I don't want that. My body, my choice. You can't mandate blood draws. That's crazy. But, but then you get into the discussion of whether or not we're property of the state, if we have our own rights, you know, sovereign citizenships and stuff such as that nature. But that's a different discussion. Um, this is more or less, this next article I'm bringing up for you guys, this is more or less just... Uh, I don't want to say red meat, but this is just something to something good happened. <laughs> South Dakota Governor Christy Noam says that she doesn't have the authority to lock down the state, that they are attacking our religious freedoms. This comes from Bradley Dean over there at Sons of Liberty Media. She, they put this up September 23rd. It says, quote, so I never issued a shelter in place. I never closed a business. I didn't even define an essential business because I don't have the authority to do that. Governor Christy Noam of South Dakota it says that nine governors of states within our union have refused to play games with the likes of the federal government. Bill Gates and his little henchman Anthony Fauci concerning the fraud that they have perpetrated on the people of this country. And the one governor that seems to stand out more than the others is South Dakota's Christy Noam. Christy said that, quote, 
I know that when you have a leader overstep their authority in a time of crisis, that's really when you lose this country. And I didn't want to be guilty of doing that, Governor Christie Noam said. Before I continue on, people have to understand that there is like a system here that whenever the states whenever the states step out of line, that's when the federal government comes in. That's what we're expecting with, with, with places like Portland, um, New York, and more. We're expecting the, the federal government to step in, right, when states get out of line. But whenever the federal government gets out of line, that's whenever the states step up and, ri- and fight back. That's why we're having this, this, this crazy schism take place right now. There is law and order. We, the citizens, do have rights. We do have an ability to fight back against this. But a lot of the complacency and the compliance is what's got us here. And so then when you don't have like a narrative such as Christy, Christy Noam's talking about people fighting back, you're going to have that narrative of being called a terrorist uh, like what Joy Behar and Hillary Clinton said for these anti-lockdown pre- protesters in Michigan, calling them terrorists. If you don't have a narrative fighting back for your freedom, you're going to be identified by your adversaries. Uh, but let's get back into this. It says justthenews.com reported that, quote, South Dakota, Chris, South Dakota Governor Christy Noem has declined to lock down her state amid the coronavirus pandemic, even as other government leaders around the nation issued restrictions that significantly throttled the U.S. economy. She said that she listened to both the health officials and to individuals who informed her about the bounds of her gubernational authorities. Quote, I know that when you have a leader overstep their authority in a time of crisis, that's really when you lose this country, and I didn't want to be guilty of doing that. The Republican governor explained during an interview on the Pods Honest Truth podcast. Quote, so I never issued a shelter in place. I never closed a business. I didn't even define an essential business because I don't have the authority to do that. Because they don't have the authority to do that. You were essential the minute you were born. And that's what, that's what people have to understand. The, the way that this all worked is if you went along with it. If you went along with it, you had to fight for your rights. You had to fight to be declared essential. You didn't have to give over your control, otherwise you were deemed non-essential. They don't have the rights to do that. We have the rights and the authority to fight for our existence. Continuing on, she went on, quote, Noam explained, and during those calls she found that fear was driving people's actions. Quote, what I am saying, though, is that what I heard on those conference calls was fear, she said. I was shocked and amazed by how fear controlled people and how emotional that they were. And to me, it indicated that in this country we have lost faith and the steadfast promise of God's faithfulness in our life every day, and it has real consequences. She said that Americans must defend their religious liberty, which has been attacked amid the pandemic. Yes, you are under attack. They are coming after you. And if they're not coming after you, if you don't think they're coming after you, that's a fool's, that's a fool's thought process. That's why I'm trying to break down all the different ways. The multi-generational warfare is one way to look at it. The evolution of warfare is the best way for me to describe it. And the same way that I'm saying every time Antifa and Black Lives Matter do this, they're taking away our freedoms that we have to fight back for. So, again, a little bit more red meat that I think you guys are already aware of to begin to close out 
this segment and this episode for you guys right here. Experts worry as leading COVID-19 vaccines adopt trial shortcuts and rush for results. Yeah, people are worried that cutting these trials, like what Johnson & Johnson asked for, regulatory flexibility, they're worried about it. Only 9% of Americans have confidence in a COVID-19 vaccine because people don't want the vaccine. That's why China's offering them for free. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is so diabolical. Let me get into this. It says, as doubts about the FDA's credibility grows as the agency awaits the initial results from the front-runners phase three trials, the leading vaccine makers are working to further expedite the approval process by streamlining procedures to try and make a, de a determination about whether their vaccine, quote, works or not within the next month or so. The issue, as Bloomberg reports, is that the leading vaccine companies are shooting for low targets for the number of confirmed infections among the tens of thousands of patients they've recruited for their trials. Remember, half the test subjects have been given a vaccine while the other half haven't. Leading candidates will reportedly conduct their first round of analysis after 32 people have been sickened with Pfizer and BioNTech giving their joint project goal of 164 cases before they move ahead with the application for emergency approval. It says that the company's plan, a first look after a mere 32 coronavirus infections has accumulated in their massive 44,000 person trial. That case total could be reached as soon as September 27th, according to an Airfinity LTD, a London-based analytics firm tracking vaccine trials. They're trying to make it seem like they're really caring. They're really going out of their way to make sure that these vaccines aren't going to kill and maim you. They're really going out of their way to show you that they care. Yeah, I don't buy it. I guess I don't buy it. That all. After everything we've covered here, I don't buy it. Nope. It's a lie. I don't trust it. The fact that it comes from China, the virus. The fact that the cures tend to come from virus, don't trust it. The fact that you have them literally over here acting like monkeys trying to fix a doorknob, not knowing what to do with this virus, acting like it didn't just get covered up by China. Nope, don't trust it. You can miss me with that. I'm not going to try to be a hero. I'm not going to take that vaccine. And so everything that we've gone over, the fact that this has come from China, it's been intentionally released, covered up, manipulated by the World Health Organization as well as China, indicates to me that this is a dangerous thing. People know this virus is going to be, that this vaccine is going to be tainted. But I can't help but think about how, how the sophistication of it. Because they're not going to pump all this money into the development of a vaccine and not get a couple souls. They're not going to do all this uh, kabuki theater, this political theater, the showmanship. They're not going to do all of this song and dance and not get people to go along with it. They're creating an agenda and they're creating a narrative with these vaccines. That's why you have them coming at anti-maskers and anti-vaxxers as, we as, as if we are a threat. Remember that all throughout 2019, they said that anti-vaccine proponents, people that had anti-vaccine views, were the top global health, top global health threat of 2019. All of 2019. And then COVID-19 happens. And then, bam, the, the, the vaccine discussion is on. 
you've got Trump getting behind vaccines. And so, like archetypal people who don't see that they're being played, you have people saying, well, I don't want I don't want the vaccine because Trump is for it. So, again, understand the sophistication of it, the, 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 the technocratic angle to it, the biopharmaceutical, the biotechnological aspect to it. Who's got their hands all over this? So right now, it seems like, yes, people are aware that the vaccines are tainted. The vaccine is going to be the problem. Bill Gates needs to be watched. But that also creates new challenges that we're unaware of. Where do we go from here? What will this look like in the future? How will we be, how will we be able to combat this? These questions and more are what we're going to be fighting week after week, trying to navigate this crazy new world. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Priming the Plunge, Fifth Generational Warfare, and COVID Control. However, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. I know, we went over a lot, and these episodes are getting long, but it's to give you that deep, comprehensive view, as always. You can find the links, the videos that we played, as well as some of the other articles that were featured in this episode in the link in the description bar below, or on the episode article. If you found this helpful, share the word, get it out there, because we really are all we have. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction, out.